Hello and welcome to The Great Movies Pod, a retrospective film review show, the podcast where we normally watch and discuss each of the films covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I'm Jana Gardner. And I'm Dylan Quayer. And this week we are here with another special episode due to some scheduling circumstances. There's going to be a couple of weeks here where we can't all get together to record one of our normal episodes, but we didn't... um, want to leave everybody hanging for like weeks on end so nick couldn't be here with us today um and then i won't be around for the next episode but dylan's gonna hold down the fort and uh we're gonna do a couple of special (laughs) episodes just um yeah so that we don't uh, fall off the face of the earth for a few weeks here um and this is coming after a couple of special episodes that we've done about the oscars and awards so we're at a bit of a bit of a roger since we've talked about an episode i think et was our was et our last Okay, so it's been been a bit of a Roger break, but we will get back to it in hopefully two weeks or so. Um, But until then, like I said, we're here with some sort of special just one-off episodes. And for this week, we decided, because we are just four days away from the opening day of the baseball season, that we would take this opportunity to talk about baseball movies Um, and a couple of baseball movies in general. a girl-focused baseball movie and a very boy-focused baseball movie <laughs> is the direction we've gone. So uh, this week, we're going to be talking about A League of Their Own, the um, 1992 yeah, um, yes. Penny, Marsh, Penny Marshall movie um, that starring you know Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, Gina Davis, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Lori Petty. And then we're also going to be talking about Everybody Wants Some, the 2016 Richard Linklater movie starring Blake Jenner, Zoe Deutsch, Glenn Powell, Tyler Hoechlin, Wyatt Russell, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah. And we just picked these because Dylan loves A League of Their Own. I love Everybody Wants Some. You know, exactly how you'd expect us to <laughs> pick these movies. Um, I'm kind of joking, but no, actually, that that makes complete sense <laughs> if you know our yeah. taste in movies at all. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're just going to be talking about them. And I, we're going to start today talking about A League of Their Own. Um, and Dylan, when did you first see A League of Their Own? What's your history with it? Uh, as a kid and mm-hmm. um, just made an indelible impression on me. I know it was as young as... The fact that I always remember this when uh, Evelyn's uh, whiny kid comes in at the end and is like, oh, mom died. Stop. That was like one of the first times as a kid I was like, died? Somebody's mom And it mom freaked me die? out. It freaked me out as a kid. Oh, that's so cute. So yeah. that's that's literally how, how young it is. Um, we'll talk I, about it, but Jesus, the ending of this movie is yes. so depressing. Oh, my it God. It kind of is. It's so weirdly dark. Caught me off guard yesterday. Yeah. Um, and in general, I don't like a lot of baseball or sports movies because mm-hmm. they're a sort of saccharine that just mm-hmm. annoys me. Sure. And this movie is very saccharine as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it's got something to sort of do with the performances and... <laughs> Did she get a hold of a squeaky chew toy or something? What's she doing? <laughs> Belly. Belly's like, pay attention to me. Here, this one doesn't squeak, okay? There you go. Um, good lord, I feel like Evelyn right now. <laughs> Belly angel. Eat, eat your eat your chocolate bar. Oh my god. Um, 
Yeah, but is I, and I think performances elevate it for you. The performances are one thing, and the other thing I think is, um, it, 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 it's women, and mm-hmm. for some reason that makes it more interesting than it's just like the same sort of guy characters doing the same sort of thing, sure, all the time. There's a more political, sociological mm-hmm. element to it, which adds to the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if this was just translated into being a men's baseball movie i would think it's good but like there there, i wouldn't be as hooked to it i think as it is mm-hmm. given sort of the circumstances in the story that it's about um yeah which i think plays into its favor mm-hmm. um and but I, I i also think it's mainly just gina davis and tom hanks they are yeah. so ridiculously good in this movie it's yeah insane yeah they're really good um it's so funny because all of the things that you say like as someone who loves sports movies, all the things you're saying what, that what make you like it more than most sports movies that you don't like are kind of a lot of the things that have made me always not be super drawn to it because I, I do like sports movies and like yeah um and I, this movie is very good I have no objections particularly um but I I like a sports movie I like a cheesy movie about a bunch of people who come together and win the big game or whatever. Um, and that's, that's something else I like. I like that they don't win the big well, game. So here, okay, we can get into this, but like it, it's not this movie's fault because I think this movie started it, but there is a like now very common trope that in women's sports movies, they don't get to win. They come in second and it's like really, what else would that um, be? So I had a list a while ago and I don't have it in front of me today. The other one that always jumps out at me is Whip It. By the way, spoilers for a bunch oh, of women's sports movies. But like yeah. Whip It, they come in second. Um, there was another one that I was thinking about yesterday. I'll try to remember what it was. Um, but it just it's it's something that I catch more. Oh, um, I mean, um, th- this is sort of a little bit more complicated because you're kind of rooting for both sides. But bring it on. They come in second. Oh, yeah. um, it's just, it sort of becomes a thing because it's like, well, but because for the women, it was about like the friends they made along the way or their relationship with their sister or, you know, whatever. Um, and it's does, like, does million dollar baby count in this discussion? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I I haven't seen million dollar baby, but being familiar with how it ends, um, I don't know if you would call it coming in second. What happens to uh, the main character in that movie? Does I, Tanya count? Um, I, Tanya is actually an interesting one. I mean, I, Tanya is funny because it's obviously based on a true story. Um, but I mean, kind of. Like, we kind of tend to be drawn to these stories, I think. Or filmmakers are drawn to the stories of the people who don't win. Uh, which is kind of interesting. But like I said, I don't hold that against this movie because I think it was kind of interesting at the time. And then it just sort of became... A bit of a trope in women's sports movies, but that's not mm-hmm. a league of their own's fault. Um, so yeah, I I must have seen this when I was a kid. Um, I I definitely didn't see it in the theater, and I how, never. Like, how old were you in '92 when it came out? Seven when it came okay. out. So I was like a little bit young, but probably could have seen it. Yeah, um, you um, know, it's. I not, assume you saw it pretty soon after it came into theaters. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I would have seen it like at home or something. I I don't have a memory of the first time I watched it. It's just one of those movies that comes out when you're like seven years old. That I'm just like, I always remember having seen it. Um, and it used to play on TV like all the time. And I know I watched it at yeah, friends' houses and does. things like that. It still does. And so it was interesting watching it yesterday because Matt, uh, my husband, was like, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a league of their own. And so I was like, hey, we got to watch it. We got to watch it. 
And so we sat down to watch it. And then about halfway through, Matt's like, oh, I've like I, I've seen the second half of this movie. Like, and I realized mm-hmm. that like it's just one of the, because you catch it on TV a lot yeah. that you sort of always you turn it on and it's like the scene where the letters coming from the war office oh, of or something like and sort of like from that point on is a lot of what I've seen of the movie. Yeah. So um, it was fun actually getting to sit down and watch it from the very beginning. Like, I don't think I'd ever, I, it's possible I'd never seen the opening um, with like them on the farm and stuff. Like I had no memory good part. of that part of it. It's a, it's a very good part. So um, yeah, but so it, it's, you know, I think like you said, for better or worse, it plays, it's, I mean, it's an incredibly sports heavy movie. It's entirely about, um, mm-hmm the team and, and the players and everything and baseball. Um, but like you said, it has, it has to deal with the realities of, you know, the league and the politics around it and all and of the that. war and the war. To quite exactly. An yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was interesting at the, you know, so movie starts off, um, basically explaining the situation. We see like war reel footage or, um, newsreel footage, that um, I think starts off as kind of real, right? Because you're yeah. you're seeing like the actual baseball players who went off to war, and then talks about the establishing of well, we're gonna have a girls baseball league, and for some reason they fictionalize Wrigley because it was actually Wrigley. <laughs> and what what, what do they name him in the movie? Harvey. It, Harvey. It's Mr. Harvey and of Harvey chocolate bars. So he's yeah. kind of like a fake Hershey. But in reality, it was Wrigley. And they even go to Wrigley Field, but they I know, call they go... it Harvey Field. Yeah. I tried to dig into why. Um, and they call it Candy Magnet and Cubs owner, Walter Harvey. Like, why couldn't it just be Chewing Gum Magnet and Cubs owner Wrigley? I don't know. Um, but maybe because they portray him as... Such a jerk? I, I don't know why that they fictionalize him, but it's they it's a fictionalize fun... a lot of people in the movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. It's definitely not a documentary or even like a docudrama. Um, apparently, Penny Marshall was inspired to make this movie because she saw a documentary about the story and thought people needed to know more about the All American Girls Professional Baseball League, um, and decided to make this movie. But yeah, they fictionalize quite a bit of the people involved which i'm guessing is just easier than worrying yeah. about using the real people I, th- I think one of the funniest parts of the movie is when uh john lovitz leads them onto the field and he said and as he said he says it welcome to harvey park kids right. and there's the wrigley ivy in the I background know. it's just like oh come on like I just know. do a different shot of the movie when you say harvey field field i know and then like they and they do just tons of glamour shots of wrigley field and they show them yeah. running into the ivy and it's it's an interesting Especially with the Ivy. It's, so, it, it's just yeah. so obvious if you have the Ivy there. Yeah. Yeah. So I do like the the opening, sort of the first act of this movie. I, I love any putting a good team together, um, you know, sequence of a movie, mm-hmm. whether it's a literal team, like a sports team, or just like getting a gang together or whatever. Um, and so we're introduced to Dottie and Kit, um, who are these sisters that live on a farm in Oregon, a uh, mm-hmm. dairy farm or what have you, and who also play on a local baseball team. And John Lovitz comes to see them and ends up coming to the farm to recruit them to play or to come try out, at least, for this new baseball league that's starting. And we get the sort of establishing the dynamic of the movie 
right away. The Kit, Dottie, one, we get the dynamic because in the game, Dottie's telling Kit, like, what to do. <laughs> yes. um, and then... And, then... And, what, and what does Kit do? <laughs> she doesn't uh, listen. Doesn't, doesn't listen. Yeah, no, of course not. Yeah, no, Dottie... And because, and you know, she understandably doesn't want to be told what to do. Um, and, you know, but Dottie maybe does know best a lot of the time. Um, but then we also see when John Lovitz comes to recruit Dottie for that, you know, he doesn't want Kit, you know, and Kit's the one who wants to go. And so really she basically ends up getting brought along because Dottie will bring her along with her. Yeah. Um, which obviously echoes throughout the rest of the film and kind of establishes their dynamic. And we talked before, um, before I, w- I watched this about like really good sisters in movies. And I think realized we got some, you asked some of our friends about it and got some really good sort of ideas or contributions. But I, I do think still there's just not, not a ton. And I don't know if it's because there's fewer. No, movies there's not. It must. I, mean, I don't know if it's because I think I do know that it's because <laughs> there's just fewer movies made by women who there are telling go. the stories about sisters. Whereas a lot of guys make movies and have brothers and make movies about brothers. And so, um, yeah. You just don't get as many um, depictions of, of sister relationships in movies like this. Mm-hmm. I think most of the ones people brought up was Little Women. Um, mm-hmm. And that could basically be any version. Yeah. Uh, the Totoro Sisters or the Sisters in Lilo and Stitch. Those are the main ones I remember being brought up. Right. And that's funny because it's like two animated movies yeah. and um, a movie based on like a book written a couple hundred years ago. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, the the live action ones here, League of Their Own and uh, Little mm-hmm. Women, uh, made by women. Yes, and the other ones made by corporations by. that uh, quite sell generally toys commercially to, sell, to to sell toys to little girls. Yeah, but who cares? Um, the women and the sisters and those stories are awesome. So you know. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, no no slight to it, but it is interesting that there's just not a ton of examples, and I think that's why so many people do think about. Dottie and Kit when it comes to sort of movie sisters and a big sister, little sister relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they're, you know, they, they go to the tryouts and meet a whole bunch of, you know, other women who've come from all over the country in all different circumstances. And we see some others along the way. Um, we get introduced to um, Marla, Marla Hooch. <laughs> Who is my favorite? So, so fantastic. I mean, everybody's favorite. Um, you know, it's, it's what's really funny about her, and, and the movie ends up playing into it later. But you know, you're introduced to this character. The you know, there's multiple comedic takes where people look at her and go like, <gasps> you know, <laughs> it's, like it's something out it's of ridiculous. a Mel Brooks movie where they're like horrified by how unattractive she is, when in reality. Just a perfectly normal looking woman who just hunches her yeah, shoulders up and like has bad hair and goes like that. And she's pretty cute, honestly. She's like, pretty cute. It's... And they they show even when they show her later, where they're like, "What did you do?" And they're like, "I don't know." Gave her a dress. And it's like, "Oh, okay, yeah." <laughs> not not she's not so hideously unattractive. Someone just told her to hold her head up high and put a dress on, and you know that she's the Babe Ruth of the league, though. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, Marla, she's so good. Um. Yeah, we meet, and then I think the other sort of main standouts are, of course, um, Madonna playing all the way May. 
I think she's so good in this. I like her. Oh, my God. I, do you not think she's good in this? <laughs> no, she's awesome oh, okay. in this movie. Yeah, I think she's, she's so, so charismatic. She's but, I so mean, charismatic. And it's Madonna, so. I know. And and the her and Doris relationship with her and Rosie O'Donnell, <sighs> is that's, so like, much. my favorite part of the movie, is that they're just, like, these best friends. And they're basically, like, sisters themselves. Yeah, exactly. They're, yeah, they're just. And they kind of butt heads with the, the two actual sisters quite mm-hmm. often, so it's, it's an interesting 2v2. Dynamic, yeah. Well, and they also come from very different backgrounds, right? You have, you know, the the kid, farm girls and the city farm girls. girls and the city girls, exactly. The dynamics between the the two groups of friends, and um, I mean, even that introduction we have, the, it's, right? It's the probably my favorite part of the movie where Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna are making fun of Kit and Dottie, mm-hmm. and uh, what is it? Madonna gives the ball to Rosie, and Rosie throws it. Yeah, she's like, do inside. it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, do it. And then Dottie just catches it one-handed. And I love their reaction. They're like, how'd you do that? Right. <laughs> well, oh, well, you'll like... make the team. Right. All these girls going to be in the league? You wish. You do wish. They're going to have four teams. 16 girls to a team. That's right. 64 girls. So, yeah, what are you, a genius? <laughs> you know, they got over 100 girls here, so... um. Some of you are going to have to go home. Yeah, sorry about that. Come on, Doris. Those people are jerks. What do you mean, some of us? Do it. (laughs) Okay, some of them are going home. Hey, how did you do that? Excuse me. And I, I like what I like about that scene is too is that they react that way immediately. They're not like resentful of like, Ugh, you know. Oh like, yeah, oh, exactly. Oh okay, you're good. Oh good, okay. <laughs> like and just immediately they're like, like we accept you. They're now. like some of us won't make the team, and then as soon as it happens, okay, some, well you'll make the yeah, team. Yeah, <laughs> some of them won't make the team. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's so, great. It is. It's really good. Um, and one thing that another thing that stuck out to me this time around, so. You get a full 30 minutes of sort of the women coming together and and trying out and putting the teams together. You literally do not see Tom Hanks for like 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I, w- I was going to bring movie. this up. The last time I saw it, um, sadly, I wasn't able to rewatch the whole thing for it today. Um, but the last time I watched it in full, it's always like, where the fuck is Tom Hanks? Right. He's so, top like, billing. Yeah. No, that but, yeah, 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 it, it takes it to like the... To the very fancy uh, garden party for him mm-hmm. to show up. And it's just so fucking iconic. Yeah. Well, and it's it's always fun to go back and remember w- what Tom Hanks's original movie persona was. Because now it feels like this is such a crazy sort of, you know, this is Tom Hanks, but he's playing sort of like a no good drunk who's kind of mean. Um, but Okay. That, but like. I mean, he's not that mean. He's still a nice guy. But like, well, no, no, I wasn't yeah, talking about that. I was, yeah. um, I mean, he he was kind of playing idiots for a while. But yeah, exactly. But I was saying, but he he's shifted in the past, however many years, s- to being like a upstanding guy who yeah. does a good job. And he's like, America's dad. He's America's dad, right? But he, I mean, this is obviously coming more from the, you know, his late eighties. I mean, he's reteaming with Penny Marshall, who directed him in Big. And so this is sort of part of mm-hmm. that kind of, um, you know, kind of towards the end of that era of his career. Because this is 92 and we are, I mean, the next year is Philadelphia. So, and then it's Well, just... this year is also Sleepless in Seattle, which... Right. That's probably his m- first, like, stand-up guy, maybe. Mm-hmm. Where he's just um, kind of like a nice guy dad, yeah. 
You usually he's just silly though. Except maybe have you seen the Burbs? Not in a long time. Okay, I haven't seen it, but yeah, he always looks he's... completely psycho in that poster. So yeah, that movie's pretty mean, if I remember correctly. But yeah. I haven't seen it in a really long time. And um, I, I don't think he ever plays like mean idiots until League of Their Own, maybe. Yeah, which he's so... he's still generally kind of nice, but he is uh, yeah, you know. except for when he makes poor Evelyn cry. <laughs> he is he's Jimmy Fox. I know. I, yeah, I know. Um, I do, I do like speaking of the the crying the the very famous crying scene. Um, my favorite part of that scene this time around was the umpire who's like, you know, you could be a little nicer to her. Like, you know, you look like a penis in a baseball cap. It's oh, I'm sorry, you misheard uh, me. So funny. Um, but yeah, I do, like that. Every, everyone's like, it's because it's not. You might just think like, oh, it's like a man woman thing. But like, even the umpire's like, no, dude, you don't have to be that mean to her. Jesus. Okay, I I just got to read out mm-hmm. in order the feature films that Tom Hanks did after League of Their Own. This okay. isn't like picking out. This is literally back to back to back. Sleepless in Seattle, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo thirteen, Toy Story. That Thing You Do, Saving Private Ryan, You've Got Mail, Toy Story 2, The Green Mile, Castaway, Road to Perdition, Call Me If You Can, and then The Lady Killers. Yeah. But that <laughs> run from the 90s to mid-2000s. No, I mean, oh there, he couldn't God. mess. Like, he, I mean, he and you can, you, can, you can obviously have your objections to the quality of some of those films in that, in that list. But, like, in terms of just, like, being a yeah. huge success... Like, it's just everyone. Um, oh. yeah. I mean, we all know who, how I feel about Forrest Gump. Sure. But, um, like, every single one of those is, mm-hmm. he's huge in it. The movie's yeah. huge. It's critically acclaimed. He's one of the best parts. I will say, and out of that entire run, the movie where he plays a character that I think is closest to Jimmy Dugan is That Thing You Do. Like, because oh, he's, that's right? That's what I would have said. Oh, realizing that thing you do, he's, that makes he's, a, sense. Little mean. he's a little mean. He's not, not terrible, but he, you know, he... Tells them harsh truths when he needs to, and um, he's more composed, though. Yeah, well, that's true. He, yeah, he never loses his cool in that movie. Um, yeah, he's like I, very I was, coldly calculating. I was thinking you were going to say Woody from Toy Story. That didn't occur to me, but sure. I mean, he's a leader. He's always angry. He's yeah, having to fuss about the new people in the world. <laughs> I've I've seen Toy Story one time, so it's not like oh, it's the God. freshest in my brain. Um, I, I'll, I'll revisit it someday um, when I catch up on Pixar movies and stuff. I've seen it. I've seen Toy Stories one, two, and three. Didn't see four, um, but I just it's been it's been a very long time since I saw Toy Story. But I I, I do love Woody. Everybody loves Woody. Um, that is not and that yeah you're right. He's always he's always losing his cool. Yeah, um, he really is. Yeah, and, and as far as like characters losing their cool it, he, it's probably the most besides jimmy duke or jimmy fox it is jimmy duke and jimmy duke and yeah it, it is funny now that i think about it when i picture sort of like a frustrated or angry tom hanks i picture a league of their own but then i totally do picture woody just being like like flailing his arms and getting all yelling upset, at buzz yelling at buzz you are a toy you weren't the real buzz light you're you're now oh, you're an action figure you are a child's Plaything. Yeah, that's pretty good. Probably should talk more about Tom Hanks in in those movies. That's a really good performance he does as 
as Woody. Even She's as incredible a, as Woody. Yeah, even as like not a, a super fan of those movies because I just sort of missed the window for them. Um, well, sorry, I'm old. I can't do anything I know, about I'm sorry. it. It's just, just I my mean, childhood I'm, right there. I'm not. I'm not that old. I think I was like 10 when the first one came out, but I think it's just maybe because it's about toys. That would make sense. Yeah, it was like about toys and kind of seemed boyish, and I was just like, I guess that's not for me. Like, but I had been very into the I had been very into the Lion King, which had like just come out. So anyway, Mm -hmm. um, I'll I'll go back to him someday. Um, but yeah, Tom Tom Hanks in this movie, and it's it's always funny when you watch something like the "There's No Crying in Baseball" scene. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris. Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no. No, no. And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! What's the matter, Jimmy? What? She's crying, sir! I didn't mean to do that. Perhaps you chastise her too vehemently. Good rule of thumb. Treat each of these girls as you would treat your mother. You want to ever tell you you look like a penis with a little hat on? You're out of here! Oh, no, right no, no, now, no, Jimmy, you, I heard you that! Misunderstood. You misunderstood me! You misunderstood me! You can't throw me out for that! No, you gotta strike! Um, when it's just so famous out of context of the movie, and then you actually revisit it in context, and it's... He plays that scene so well. Like, you would think... You, I, I sort of was, like, ready to roll my eyes at it, because it's just beyond, like... Cheesy is not the right word, but it's just sort of beyond, like, a trope or at this point, or just a reference yeah. more than anything. But yeah. oh, that scene is so funny. <laughs> he's so funny, and he's so frustrated. He my my frustrated favorite part so is well. where uh, he he goes. I don't, I don't remember what he says before it, but he goes like, "No, no." Yeah, <laughs> and, and he just and he's like sort of just like looking all over the place, like he can't believe this is happening, <laughs> like. And there's no one to turn to because they're all like feeling bad for her, and I no know. one's on they're, they're all trying to comfort her. And he's right. like, what the fuck? Yeah, and I like how, he, I like how his justification for it is basically like, my who did he play my, for? My Roger manager Hornsby physically. No, yeah, yeah. He, he, he not physically, verbally abused me like every single. Game. Right, exactly. My manager said these horrible things to me, and that's why I'm saying them to you. And it's like, okay. Well, oh, oh, that, and that, that, and then he's like. Uh, and did I cry? And she's like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So good. Um, yeah, that part really, really and stands out. And also the, out. you look like a penis with a baseball cap. Oh, so funny. I know. I, <laughs> what I, I a like, line. I like any, um, well, I, I am a sucker for any scene where someone's like yelling at an umpire <laughs> or like getting into a fight with an umpire. It's so funny. Are, what, what other good examples of that are they? Well, I also watched for the 85th time Bull Durham last oh, night. Oh, Bull Durham. Yeah, um, that and that's sort of the famous one. a couple times. Yeah, and it has the thing where it's like how, you know, you get thrown out and calling him a cocksucker and, you know, yeah. all that stuff. And it's, it's just, it's just funny to me. Um, yeah. Especially considering, do you remember a couple years ago when there was a couple of those leaks of like on-field audio? I was like about whenever, to say. What? The ass, ass in the jackpot and... Yeah. 
all of that. Like, <laughs> it just made people go, oh, it's man. It's one of the greatest recordings man has ever found. Yeah. If, if anyone is somehow a baseball fan and, and doesn't know what we're talking about, it's probably three or four years ago now, there was a leak online of like... Some... I'm editing it into the podcast, Oh, okay, honestly. great. Put, go ahead, I, I and, put, it, go ahead like, and put that audio in. It's the greatest thing I've ever heard. It's... Preserved it... in the Smithsonian. Oh, honestly. Take him, take him, take him, take him. Terry, 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 get a handle. Come on, let's go. Come on, talk to me. Talk, talk, talk to me. Tommy, that talk, fucking bullshit. Talk to me. Then you talk to me right about it. Then. You, know, okay. you gotta give us a shot. You know what? You gotta give Harry, us a shot. Okay, Tom. listen to me. Let me hear what I'm saying. Okay? You get your shot. You had your shot right there in the situation. Oh, why you know the situation, I Terry. Know, why okay. don't you get a shot, Tommy? Because that doesn't. That makes oh, it worse, yeah. Terry. That makes it fucking Tom, worse. I know it. But MLB did nothing to that guy. Nothing. Okay, that, that I, I can't God control that, Terry. I can't control that. You know as well as I do where I, Terry, you know where I stand on the whole fucking situation. That, but that's but, but that's you're the, better than that, Tommy. No, you no, know that. Terry, listen, I'm telling you, our ass is in the jackpot now. Okay? Okay, that's I'm just telling you. You know what? That, that that's you got you got it. You don't get, get it, you got everything out. Um, it's a great combination of one hearing what happens on like a playing field when people don't expect that they're ever going to be recorded or heard so like this is just how they talk and then getting to learn weird sports lingo <laughs> like telling someone <laughs> that your ass is in the, the jackpot and nobody knows <laughs> what that means and then even when people like reporters tried to get to the bottom of it a lot of umpires and players were like well i, I don't actually know where it comes from it's just a thing people say well like, that was the craziest thing is like no one could was define reporting, it. like no but like everyone was like yeah that's what they say and I was like, really? This wasn't just some weird guy saying yeah. some weird thing right. accidentally? Yeah. No, that, he was like, yeah. they were, everyone was like, no, I have yeah, sure. the time. That expression, that's what people say. You're like, okay. <laughs> so you learn something new. Um, but yeah, people should enjoy that because that was, that was a fun day when that happened. <laughs> oh my God. That lived for months. That needed Yeah. Day. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's up there with, um, you know savages in the box and all, all the other like yell any anytime field audio gets picked up and it's uh, great it's uh, so good god yeah ah baseball so close to being back um now how close would you say this is to tom hanks's best performance like where would you rank this in his catalog that is a really good question um i mean it's up there i like this version of him more than I like his sort of really stoic performances. Well, um, this goes back to the Clooney thing where it's like right. Clooney's always trying to play like the stoic right. like, kind of suave badass, mm -hmm. but he's, he's still best playing an idiot. Right. Like, and I think Tom Hanks is still kind of best playing an idiot, but yeah. I can't think of the last time he has played an idiot. Yeah. It's been I'm, a while. I'm doing a, a quick scrolling scrolling scroll here. i haven't watched larry either crown maybe God. i haven't That's, watched he's terrible either of his 2020 um movies yet yeah, i'm going to i'm gonna watch greyhound and news of the world um i'll get there i didn't watch either of his 2019 movies i didn't watch toy story 4 beautiful day i haven't watched a tom oh hanks those are both really good i haven't watched a tom hanks movie since the post which i a movie i like um and he's good in but it's one of his latter career i'm just a competent serious man roles yeah. which peaks or which i think the high point of is um captain phillips 
Like that's yeah, that that is true. Captain Phillips in is, terms is of probably his best performance, right? His be- well, his best it's definitely his best performance of the past. Well, that's know, what I meant of of this era of of this era of series, America's man. Dad. Um, yeah, he okay. You know what? Another movie is where he plays um, completely ridiculous is um, at least parts of Cloud Atlas. Oh yeah, he's awesome at Cloud Atlas. Yeah, the Cloud Atlas. Where he's playing that gangster. That's what jumped into so weird. That's what jumped into oh my, my mind is his like weird British gangster character. Love in it. That just so good. Yeah. <laughs> I love Cloud yeah. Atlas. I do too. I also love Cloud Atlas. Yes, Cloud Atlas is great. No, Cloud Atlas rules. I feel like whenever um, I get into a good discussion with Cloud Atlas, the movie, it could go like one of two ways with people, and I'm it's glad kind we're of a here. Love it or it's kind of a love it or hate it. I, I don't really know anyone, and who, I totally understand why right. someone would dislike. either totally. And I wouldn't like I wouldn't tell someone they were wrong if it didn't work for them. <laughs> it's insane movie. That's so, so insane. Crazy. I yeah. Um, but it is funny to think like. Yeah, like you said, you read off that list of his movies. Because especially be- what's interesting is when you go before this, like going... It's all fools. It's all fools. And the three movies he made before... I mean, the four... Okay, the, I'm just going to go backwards. Between A League of Their Own and Big is Radio Flyer, The Bonfire of the Vanities, Joe versus the Volcano, Turner and Hooch, The Burbs, and Punchline. And that, that's that's in between big and a league of their own, which yeah, I think is just two biggest right. land points be, or uh, checkpoints. Between also, this that's era. 88, 89, 90, 92. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He made eight movies in five years. Good Lord. Um, he dude was working. Um, he was. And yeah, he, so he breaks out in 84 with Splash and Bachelor Party um, mm-hmm. and then sort of and then big in 88 and yeah but like he was just working so big much then big. big made him big and you know joe versus the volcano was sort of a notorious flop that has had a reappreciation i feel like people now kind of will stand like up for everyone it everyone i talk to says it's like a, a masterpiece right. some level. i haven't seen it yet but when uh, i was growing up I, I remember people saying like oh that's 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 the bad one because it, it's him and meg ryan and so they were like, yeah, that's that's the bad <laughs> that's the bad one of the yeah. movies they made together. But people now, yeah, talk about it like it's a masterpiece. But it came out the same year as Bonfire of the Vanities, which is like an objective disaster. Like that movie, <laughs> um, not not that I have sat down and watched it, but just in terms of the making of it, the way it flopped, the way it was received, like nobody's standing yeah. up for the Bonfire of the Vanities, even you know, thirty years later. So. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy own, that, like, be, like the ones you said, Punchline, Burbs, Turner and Hooch, mm-hmm. Joe vs. the Volcano, Bonfire the Vanities, Radio Flyer. Yeah. Um, while they might, some of them may have been more reappraised today, but they were all kind of critical and commercial flops yeah. at some level. That was a, that was kind of a bad run, or at least like that could have like, sunk a career, right? Even something like Turner and Hooch. Um, yes, where what, I think you're playing with the dog. Right, exactly. That's always where, a bad sign. Yeah, it is. Where I, I mean, you look at that poster. Oh my god. If, if, if it's, it's a good been a dog. While, it's a great dog. If it's been a while since anyone's looked at the Turner and Hooch poster, it's so funny. <laughs> this is Tom Hanks looking serious and a huge dog next to him. Um, it looks like but, the dog in the sand. And I feel like, I mean, it does. Uh, it actually really does. Um, it really does. But I feel like, yeah, like you're saying, those are all movies that could have sunk somebody's career. Um and so he just, but he just kept on going. And then, yeah, like you said, start basically starting with League of Their Own just for 10, 12 years. Just nothing but hits. Just yeah. can't miss. Again, we got a, we got a, 
love League of Their Own, at least for then, that. Then in 2004, he has the Lady Killers, the Terminal, and Polar Express. Things, yes, and things, that and that's when it sunk. Things in 2004, it's a bit of a dip. Um, yeah, and people have nostalgia for Polar Express. Some people really stand up for the Terminal. Um, the Lady Killers is a movie directed by the Coen Brothers, Coen Brothers and even Coen Brothers seen. fans don't like it. But I, won't, I haven't watched it, it. It's it's still a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. Also, the Da Vinci Code and Cars. After that, Wait, yeah. who's he in Cars? I have. Uh, there's a Woody car apparently. Oh, never mind. Like uh, but yeah, th- those three, and then Da Vinci Code. I mean, Da Vinci Code, for better or worse, you know, it, it's a huge gigantic success, hit. It, yeah. Again, it, it. But then he makes two more of them. Fun. Then yes, <laughs> he makes Angels and Demons and a. Fr- I think. I I think him and like he, I think he likes working with Ron Howard. I think they like making movies yeah. together. You know, they they seem like a nice pair of dudes. Um, but I'm not seeing those movies. <laughs> So, sorry. Um, yeah, Charlie Wilson's War's in there. I haven't seen Charlie Wilson's War, which is surprising. It's all right for me because um, it's a a Sorkin and it's a it's a Sorkin script directed by Mike Nichols. I should watch it. Yes, um, and it's got uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julie Roberts, and Amy Amy Adams in it as yeah. well. Yeah, um, and I think those three are arguably better than Hanks in the movie, especially Hoffman, but. You know, yeah, it's exactly. That that tracks. Um, but yeah, what a what an interesting place for for his career, though, for yeah. a league of their own to fall. So, thank you for joining us today on the Tom Hanks podcast. <laughs> Tom Hanks, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, well, it's just, I mean, it's we got to talk about Tom Hanks because right. I don't think there's going to. Is there any Tom Hanks movies in the in the Ebert book? Is there any in the Ebert? No, there's none. I can't reach it from here. His, um, his oldest book, his oldest, his newest movie is Fargo. And the only other 90s film is Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I forgot. I, I pulled up the list the other day. Sorry, this is like meta podcast talk, but I like pulled up the list and was looking at the movies by decades. And there's like, yeah, four from the 90s or something like that. Like basically, we, yeah, with Fargo being the most recent movie in the entire book. So, um, but yeah. Now, if we're talking about Tom Hanks, though, I want to briefly talk about Gina Davis's career. Yes, that's what I was. That's exactly where I was. Thank you. Go next. Oh, we're on the yeah. same page. We're on the same it's, page. It's kind of the opposite. She yeah. before League of Their Own, she has Tootsie, Fletch, mm-hmm. the Fly, Beetlejuice, Earth Girls Are Easy, Accidental Tourist, yeah. Thelma and Louise, and then A League of Their Own. Yeah. And well, some have been reappraised as not being two as Oscar good. Nominations at yeah, this point, but like all of those films were successes too, though. Mm-hmm. Like she was the more successful. She was the more acclaimed. But yeah. after League of the Oats, she does Hero, Speechless, and uh, Cutthroat Island. She's done. Yeah. Which is sad, because she's so good. Yeah. Long Kiss Goodnight was kind of a... Right. She's... Something. She's the mom in the Stuart Little movies, and, like, for a while, yes. that's all she does. Like, that's kind yeah. of it. That's And basically, since then, some voice roles... Show, she's shown up in like one or two indie movies and that was just it for her is she I, in any tv movies or tv shows oh yes yes uh we are not showing our due respect to um the television program commander-in-chief which aired for 18 episodes where she played the president um, oh she's in glow that's what i was thinking about because i, I oh, remember okay. watching she something recently up. and was like okay jada so, davis hive rise she's in glow it looks like one 
forgot they made a TV series of The Exorcist. Um, mm. She was in 10 episodes of it. I did know she did 13 a 13 episode run of Grey's Anatomy, um, mm-hmm. sort of sh- popping back up from time to time. And then, yeah, before that, her sort of big return was um, Commander in Chief, um, yeah. which was like a big deal show that didn't end up taking off. Although she had a sitcom called The Gina Davis Show in from 2000 to 2001, where she played what? a sexy and sophisticated party planner. Um, okay. So, yeah. Um, it looks like she kind of moved to TV, which unfortunately, because yeah. I, I was looking at her filmography thinking, well, maybe she just, you know, ha- decided to have kids and, and, and took a step back or something. But I think what is obviously a lot more likely is that basically when Cutthroat Island comes out at that point, she's just about 40. Um, and that was, and that movie was a huge disaster. Like at the time, I want to say one of the biggest flops of all time, it had a $100 million budget and it made $10 million. Um, it was a passion project, um, for her and her at the time husband, Rennie Harland, the director, um, and I don't know that it destroyed their marriage, but I feel like maybe it also did, um, because <laughs> they split up just not too long after that, probably just a coincidence, but couldn't have helped. Um, no. and now Cutthroat Island, I have seen, um, I, oh, I, like? I, um, you know, I literally remember renting it at the Blockbuster and I, I thought it was good, you know, but I was also, again, roughly 10 and was like, cool pirate movie, Gina Davis, neat like well to be fair half the people i follow in letterbox mm-hmm. rated pretty positively yeah there also was i remember there being like a, a cutthroat island video game <laughs> they actually made a video oh, game God. to go along with it that i also rented from the video store and played um oh there's a section on the wikipedia page that says cutthroat island video game um <laughs> available oh on the sega okay it loosely follows the events of the film yeah all right i didn't dream that um yeah it, thinking about gina davis's career does bum me out a little because yeah you look at nominated for best actress for Thelma and Louise stars in a league of their own and then that is basically it like there is there's not after that it's just a bunch of movies you haven't heard of or voice roles and Mm -hmm. it's a bummer I really hope someone I mean I'm not a Quentin Tarantino fan but someone like Quentin Tarantino that likes to pick reclamation project yeah yeah I hope someone does it and doesn't put her in some Oscar baity like they did with uh, Judy and uh, what? Uh, oh yeah. I want to say Z- Reese. Renee. 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 It's not yeah. Reese Witherspoon. I knew that. No. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't want it to happen like that. I want it to be like a cool movie and I, uh, have Gina Davis be cool again because she, she's so freaking cool. Well, so here's what I'm going to say: is I have absolutely nothing to base this on. I don't know Gina Davis, but I. I just I just can't see it. I don't think she would come back to be like I'm gonna play this famous person in this dead Oscar bait drama. Yeah. Like I think, you know, like you said, whether it is Tarantino or someone of that stature, I can more see her doing something because it's weird and fun. Um, and I hope I mean she she, she, she plays a pretty powerful badass in Glow. Mm-hmm. She's that like a sense. casino owner. Um, yeah, and I will say um, it's not like she's languishing you know I've, oh I've, no no at no, no. any way since she has she has created a ton of um she has like an organization that sort of tracks um women in hollywood and sort of their 
the prevalence of, of women in sort of higher up roles in Hollywood. And like a foundation that sort of is set to um, support that. She was she was like a Oscar qual an Oscar Jesus a Olympic qualified archer. You know she had that. Wow. That, that yeah, that's a fun fact about her. If anyone doesn't know that, um, she vied. She almost made the U.S. Olympic archery team to go to the 2000 Summer Olympics. Um, and she like she didn't make the team, but she made the basically the semifinals <laughs> and almost. That's qualified. really cool. So yeah, so she she has her own. Um, she has a women's sports foundation. Um, she has, like I was saying, her um, sort of women in or gender in entertainment. Oh, it's, it's called I found the title, the Gina Davis Institute on Gender in Media. Um, okay, and so that is something she created back in two thousand seven. Um, she won. She won the Jean Herschel Humanitarian Award, the honorary Oscar for humanitarian work, back in twenty nineteen. So, like, mm-hmm. she's getting her respect. She yeah. is. Uh, she's living her best life. It just sucks that it feels like she turned forty, had one flop, and didn't get to be in movies anymore. So well, Hollywood does that to women. It, so. it does. It does. Um, it sucks. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's. Um, because we've been that, that, that was about. a that was a halftime. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was our, about halfway through the movie. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, let's um make sure we cover the rest of the sort of high points of the movie. There's there's I mean all the scenes are good. There's so many good scenes. They really um, are. Uh, we haven't talked about the the part where they sneak out to go dancing. Oh, I love that scene. It's such a fun scene. You get great like Madonna dancing oh my sequences God. that are so much fun. Uh, you get the the Marla hooch. I, I was uh, about to say stage. I love the Marla oh, part of that Marla, scene. Marla, you know the sort of unassuming Marla getting up on stage and singing with the band. She's um, awesome. God, I love Marla. Uh, me too. Um, yeah, that's maybe my favorite scene in the movie, or close to it. Like it's just so much fun, mm-hmm. and it's nice to see them out having a, a fun time. And you know, eventually Dottie has to try to get them out of there because if they get <laughs> caught, they're all gonna uh, get kicked out of the league. So. But, you know, let's. I like the balance of the fun stuff like that because then we we referenced it earlier. But one of the you know plot points in the movie is that a lot of the women, why they're doing this or why they you know they're doing this because the war is going on and the baseball players are all at war. And so for a lot of the women, their husbands are at war. And we get this scene. Um, speaking of really good scenes, on when they're on the bus together with um, Dottie and Jimmy, where you know she's he can tell something's bothering her and Mm -hmm. she basically says like she gets a letter from her husband every week and she hasn't got one in three weeks and is understandably very freaked out and jimmy has to just be like well you know it's not reliable and it's not like there's a mailbox you know everywhere on the front and so it doesn't necessarily mean anything and uh, i love jimmy in that part of the movie i do too i i love that sequence and that's um i guess this is where we can kind of bring up that's the sequence i was watching where i was like you know you can kind of tell, like, they have great chemistry. Like, they're two yeah. super oh attractive actors with, like, amazing screen presence. They have great chemistry. And you can tell the movie want, like, d- despite everything, even maybe again, maybe the movie doesn't even want them to, like, be building towards a relationship. But it, you can just I bet some of the producers it. wanted it. Right. Exactly. I that's That was kind of my thought, too. I'm sure there was pressure. Um, we can talk about the fact that there obviously was um, some inclination to have them have some sort of romantic relationship um which to be clear in a like i'm not against it. i'm not one of those people who think like oh you know it's 
it's bad. It's always bad. Just men and women, be friends. It's like, no, I love a good romance. I, I, lo- I love yeah. a good pair of charismatic leads getting together. Um, not against it almost most of the time. But in <laughs> this particular movie, it just... This situation, it would have been been so bad. Um, It would have been so bad for a million different reasons. Like one, just the, you know, as the coach and everything, you don't want to go down that road. Um, No. You know, that, I mean, God, I mean, her sister's like already resenting her about what, (laughs) it just would have been very bad. Um, And then plus, like, also, you know, people get with other people while they're married or whatever in movies. Um but you know, she cares. She cares about her husband. You get the sense that, like, and that's kind they of the have whole a nice point of her character, exactly. Um, and I like that they they do end up honoring that, and they they just have yeah. them be, you know, people who respect each other a lot. Yes, um, and it's it, it definitely works. Um, yeah. Now. Do you forget that Bill Pullman is in this movie? Oh, I got, I completely it? forgot, which is funny because in the opening credits, you it, it goes to the Pullman. opening credit. It's an and Bill Pullman, like he's yeah. there, and so I was like, oh wow, I don't remember when Bill Pullman shows up, and then, ugh, and, then he walks in, and then he walks into the movie, and it's just, oh, just a plus, just can't can't go wrong. Uh, I feel like my husband came home from. Work. Oh my gosh, honestly, uh, I will say, this is. Just a couple of years before, just a couple I heard of years. Oh my god, this helicopter is directly <laughs> outside. It's just like hovering outside my window. Come on, go away. All right. Um, this movie is just a couple <laughs> of years before my beloved um, While You Were Sleeping. And, mm. you know, uh, then just a year after that is Independence Day, where he, like, he really breaks big. Um, yeah. But. He, Bill Pullman just has such a distinct voice and way of speaking that when he does show up to me, I'm just like, oh, it's it's Jack from while you were sleeping, which is a good thing because he's like he's roguish and handsome and romantic in that movie. So it it works here. And, you know, of course, Matt was like, no, it's the president from Independence Day. I'm like, yeah, I guess <laughs> I know that's like the fourth thing I think about Bill Pullman being from is Independence Day. Um, it's the jazz musician from Lost Highway. <laughs> sure. Oh, <God. laughs> Can you um, imagine if that's your main relationship <laughs> and you go in and watch a. Yeah, exactly. Or even this where he shows up and you're like, oh, no. Um, But yeah, it's and especially because it it comes right after. So I mentioned it earlier, but there is a scene that um, where a guy from the war office comes with a telegram Mm -hmm. that is just like horrifying to watch. Because speaking of like fools, you have this guy with a telegram from the war office and he's just like, oh, I don't know. They have a name on it. I don't know who this is. I have to go back to the car. What a rude way to tell someone that their husband died. I don't know. And you're just like, what? He's so desensitized to this. Right. And so, and so um, uh, Jimmy basically has Legend. To, yeah, takes it from him and it's like, get out. And he's like, well, I can't just give it to you. And so he's like, give it to me and so that he can look at it, figure out who it's for and give it. And then it's yeah. just this slow walk scene, like where he just, I mean, I don't know what else he could have done. Like, it's like, he just like shout somebody's name out, but this brutal where he's walking through the locker room and so many women are thinking like, it could be them, right? Like it yeah. could be almost anybody. We're obviously primed to be worried that it's going to be for Gina Davis because she already had that this conversation. This whole letter build up and... Exactly. And then it is, it is not, it is, um, it's for poor Betty, Betty? right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's for poor Betty and just 
horrifyingly sad. Um, <laughs> again, this movie is, it is, it's very, it's actually very impressive, I think, how it manages to go over this whole wide range of emotions and tones and everything because mm-hmm. it's so goofy slapstick at one moment and then you have a woman just screaming in grief because her husband died and then we're <laughs> supposed to go back to caring about a baseball game. Um, but they do a pretty good job of it um, and, and sort of confront I think it's just on. because like how well the team bonds together. That right. You're with the team with whatever their emotions For good is. or bad or anything exactly. Um, yeah, and so then I guess the sort of the other final main plot point we need to discuss is um the whole well, some, something else bad happens which, around this time which is kit gets traded well as i was gonna say is the is the kit dotty situation where they get into a big fight and i can't even remember right now what precipitates their really big fight um but they get into a huge fight <sighs> Oh. You watched it. <laughs> I watched it last night. No, I watched it yesterday. Well, because it, well, Kit gets into a physical fight with Rosie O'Donnell, like jumps her, which I'm oh, thinking is yeah. really funny because I'm like Lori Petty, like well, what, what it, Rosie O'Donnell, like, don't don't jump her. She could just no. like hold you down. It's fine. Um, because well, because she made fun, and, and it's because Rosie O'Donnell made fun of Kit for basically not being as good as Do- oh Dottie bailed you out. Is what she said. Like, oh, I think... no, no, no. What happens is, is Kit couldn't finish her game. That, oh, that's right. She pulled. Well, and she, and pulled she couldn't her. finish her game because uh, Jimmy goes out there and asks Dottie, can mm-hmm. she finish the game? And Dottie says, no, she's throwing grapefruits or whatever. Right. Yeah. Do- Dottie basically says to and pull that's her. And that's why Kit's mad at Dottie because right. yeah. Dottie didn't stand up for Kit. That's right. Let, let her get pulled. Um, didn't finish the game. And, so, and then, yeah, Rosie makes fun of her. There's a big fight. And that's basically when, you know, Gina Davis is like, this is, un- their dog is like, this is unsustainable. I'm going to quit. And of course, um, the the wonderful David Strathairn, who we haven't talked about at all, um, who's playing Lowenstein, like the commissioner of the league. Yeah. Um, he's, he's great. He's always great. Um, <laughs> but he's the one who we see running around a lot. He's really working to like promote the league. He's getting the, the, yeah. time, ma- the Life magazine photographers out there. He's having them do press and oh, events we did, and We things. didn't talk about the split. We did not talk about And she ends up on the cover of the magazine catching a ball, doing a split. That's um, a great Which great is show. so fun because she she knows what she's doing. Like It's like, was that necessary for the baseball? No, but it made a great shot for the magazine. So, What oh. catcher in baseball today would do a split while catching a pop-out? I'd like to see Yadier Molina do it. <laughs> Oh, it's that's that's it. Right? It's got to be Yachty. Oh, will, what about Williams? Mm. Estudito. I mean, I, that guy's always going for the cameras. I was gonna say I could actually see that happen. One thing that surprises me all the time is how many baseball players can basically do splits. Like, oh, I, I can't do splits. I do yoga every day. I can't do splits. They are so flexible, and especially like you see like the first baseman or whatever, and they're just like. Like how you how you large man? What are you doing? <laughs> Every right. long throw from third base, the first baseman has to split basically. It's and, I, and first baseman's usually like kind of the pudgiest of the team. Yeah, yeah. They, and, and or, so, or they don't have to be like the fastest one. Yeah. So I'd expect someone else to be more flexible, but even they can do it. Yeah. Although Yuan Moncada wasn't very flexible going no. over the wall that first. Um. Right now, the, the splits are great. <laughs> um, but so, you know, basically, Gene Davis wants to quit. David's right there, and he's like, No, you're the star of the team and the league and everything, and we can't have you quit. Um, and so then she basically says, like, Well, then trade me. Like, I can't, this is unsustainable. I can't stay on the team with my sister. So let's do a trade. And he's just like, Oh, okay. 
I'll and, trade Kit. Well, and so here's my question, because Kit shows up freaking the fuck out and basically <laughs> says, like, you knew what was going to happen, right? Like, she basically accuses yeah. Dottie. And Dottie's like, you know, what? I, I told them to trade me. So question. Do you think Dottie either knew or should have known what was going to happen? Like, how naive is she I don't she think she being? knew. Right. I mean, I don't think she knew either. But, like... I think Kit's being crazy. I think Kit's being crazy. I do think Dottie's being a little naive. Like... Yeah. Like, in a little I bit, I mean, it's also like, because, like, Dottie is bonded to her teammates a lot oh. more than Kit is. Like, if, right. if this makes sense to she's just a conflict butter- resolution, this right. whole thing, it's... You have to get Kit out of it. You're there. always... why? Yeah, you're going to get rid of the... You're going to keep the star player and get rid of the other yeah. person. You're not going to trade your star player when there's, like, inner team conflict. Um, and so... I think, yeah, I think what it boils down to is I do not think in any universe Dottie did it on purpose, but I also do think she was kind of naive to mm-hmm. not, to be like, I didn't see this coming. It's like, well, you should have, um, but Kit should not have stormed in there and started, like, breaking windows. Um, good Lord, Kit, like, <laughs> yeah, calm down. And frankly, it works out better for her. Like, she's so mad about the trade but it, you know, it seems like it's going to be better for her to get out of her sister's shadow. And then she, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I guess because they're just playing. What really team does well. she go to? Racine. Oh, okay. The, the Racine Bells or something, I think they are. Um, mm-hmm. and, but yeah, so she goes to Racine um, and they end up reuniting or coming back together again when both teams make it to the finals of the, the playoffs of, of the World Series. Of course they do, because it's a sports movie. Um which basically the most controversial movie basically brings us to the most controversial movie ending of all time. Um, You have to take a position. What do you think? Did she drop the ball on purpose? No, you don't think so. I I, I think you could read it either way, but yeah, no, I hit her pretty hard. (laughs) If she did drop it on purpose, I mean, Dottie never cared that much. Exactly. I do feel bad um, for the rest of the team, though, if she did drop it on purpose. Right, right. So that's the only thing. I mean, one, I think you could say it's like the top at the end of Inception or whatever, where there's not a definitive answer. You can read it either way. Um, her teammates, I, I, I do appreciate that we don't really see her teammates like accuse her of doing it. I mean, you see May, yeah. you know, Madonna's like, hey, it's okay. Like, we know. Um, yeah, but before that, you see Rosie O'Donnell on third base. One more! One more! <laughs> Yeah, that's so good. Um, and you're right. Like, no, they, they it's a very hard collision. Like, harder than I'd remembered. Um, so it's a little bit more yeah, believable. That, that, that collision killed Buster Posey, basically. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, that, that would have taken her out. Um, and so, yeah, it's a little bit more believable that, yeah, she just dropped it. But I think, Lisa, I think you can also read it maybe. And this is, this it's was, a, this is my, it's very loop, reasonable this to is my lukewarm take is that, like, it was subconscious. Like, not that she dropped it on purpose, but kind yes, of like she Yes, if she, she did said, it on purpose, it was just sort of like a subconscious right, in the moment thing. Because like, she didn't it. care that much. She just wasn't holding on to it that tight and dropped it. Like, I think that's kind of a, like walking the middle ground. But I do Or think, like fine kit. Like, right, exactly. Not, it's not like it was a conscious. She just kind of like let it go. Um, but either way, um, the Peaches come in second. Racing wins. Kit's so happy. Um, and... Dottie never plays baseball again, um, as far as we can tell. Her husband I'm going home, Kit. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, we mentioned, you know, Bill Pullman shows up. He has come back from the war. He got shot and injured. He's okay, but he was sent home. Is he a paraplegic or is he just wounded? He's just wounded. I can't. Re- 
Okay, yeah, he yeah. doesn't have... Okay. He might have, like, a cane or something. But I know like, he has a cane and he walks really funny, but I don't know if it's, like, he had gotten really badly injured and that was why they had to amputate. Yeah, I don't... I do not think... I mean, I, I guess they don't show us. Um, I think... I, I assumed it was kind of just, like, an injury. And so now yeah, he's that limping. Um, as opposed to, like, actually being amputated. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, hey, could, either one could be true. Um, and so, you know, she decides to go home. She wants to have a family. She wants to, you know, go back with her husband. Um, and so we get this sort of really sad ending where she, um, leaves. And, um, I do like the, the scene towards the end there where Tom Hanks and, um, like, and Bill Pullman meet. I like, Mm -hmm. speaking of them not being like a romantic relationship where, you know, Bill Pullman's excited to meet Jimmy because like, he's a big star and he's like, I'm a big fan of yours. Um, and then when Dottie introduces him and she's like, I'm a big fan of yours too. And it's like, okay, buddy. Um, but it's, I think it's nice. Um, and get some sort of good closure. Um, and then we didn't really talk about the, the framing device at the beginning, but we go back to the framing device of the movie, which is this celebration at Cooperstown at the hall of fame, honoring the women's league. Um, and I love them playing baseball. I love, I love the old ladies playing baseball. Yeah, like, that's and, the and the old Rosie O'Donnell just, like, running and screaming <laughs> around. Like, oh, my God. And, I, uh, like, and Doris and May are still friends, like, and they throw they the ball. Are. and Okay, are they a couple? Um, I mean, I think... I know can... Madonna has, like, a fiancé or something in the movie. Yeah, she does. And I, and I think we probably read into it with Doris, because, like, we just know Rosie O'Donnell um, is a lesbian, and so yeah. it's kind of harder, like, you know... The, it's, I think it's ambiguous. Like, I think, yeah. you know, it could they're be... They're very close. And that could be either platonic. Exactly. Exactly. They're, but they're either way, long, they're close. Legends, they're wonderful. So. Um, but a couple of things um, that bum me out about this ending. One is, like... So Dottie, like, shows up on her own. And there's she's very conflicted about going because she only played the one year and a bunch of them played more seasons. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, we see at the beginning of the movie, she has a kid. She has a couple of grandkids. Um, oh, the only thing that makes me think Dottie maybe dropped the ball on purpose, if she did, is the scene with her grandsons at the beginning of the movie with the older brother okay. and the little brother, where she go like pulls the older brother aside and is like, give him a chance, like let him take shots. Uh-oh. And she says that to the older yeah. brother. And then the little brother, she's like, kill him about the older brother. <laughs> and so like... She totally like that stood out to me this time where I was like, oh, she totally tells the little the older brother to like take it easy on the younger one and tells the younger one to go for it. So not again, mm-hmm. doesn't mean she dropped the ball, but I think it's supposed to be there to it's obviously meant to evoke the sibling relationship. Sure. Um, but <laughs> her daughter just like puts her in a car i mean is encouraging her to go but just like ships her off by herself to go to this thing we see once we actually get to cooperstown a lot of other people um have their families with them kit brings her 12 grandchildren with her oh my goodness (laughs) kit brings like a whole army of people um (laughs) and for a moment they kind of play it where they're smiling at each other and you're like is this some sort of long like reunion had they not stayed but then, no, then all the kids are calling Dottie Aunt Dottie. You find yeah. one of the little girls is like little Dottie. Like, so mm-hmm. obviously they they stayed close and had a normal yeah. sister relationship and it was fine. Um, but it just makes me very sad for her that she went to this thing all by herself. And like Kit's whole family rolls up with her. Um, well, so did uh, 
little Evelyn. What's the Evelyn's kid's yeah, name? Yeah, Stillwell. Little Stillwell. St- what the hell is that? Name? Yeah, no, it is wildly distracting that his name is Stillwell. Um, but um, yeah, he's we le- we learned that Evelyn has passed away, and so he's there, sort of like on his mom's behalf, which is very nice. Yeah, and I love that Dottie's like. Um, I know you. Like, who are you? And mm-hmm. he, he goes, he does like the you you're stink. gonna lose. Yeah. It's like, oh, good. Glad. glad and she's like, oh, of course. Glad you're, glad you're calling back what an obnoxious child you were. Um, yeah. So, and then, it, ha, ha, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. I was gonna say, well, and so, yeah, we get a couple of other references. Like, we find out her husband has just died. R.I.P. Bill Pullman's yeah. character. He has, like, just passed away. Um, we get the little, they have a big tribute to um, to Jimmy. Um, and we see like his, you know, year born, year died, and looks like he died about five years or no, maybe even a year earlier because I think the framing device is set in like '88 or something. So, mm. um, like he had like just died, um, and so it ends on this like, you know, and there's sort of people are explaining who she is and that she only played the one year, and then all these other people who've died, and it just sort of ends in like this really like, you know, and they. They they had a nice time for a few years, but then regular baseball came back and the league was yep. no more. And anyway, the end. Just like left me feeling so bummed out in a way that I wasn't yeah, expecting. Kind of. um, yeah, I mean, don't, I was just like I was just like totally crying at the end of it. And I was like, yeah. what is this movie? Why am I crying <laughs> like this? What the happened? Um, but yeah, I do I do want to say about the ending or beginning mm-hmm. the, the framing device in the mm-hmm. future. Uh, Lynn Cartwright is the most amazing casting as Wild. older Dottie. She looks Identical. exactly like an older Gina Davis. It's, I, yeah, it and and I think, uh, correct me if I'm it's wrong. It's the lips, right? But I, and I, they use Gina Davis's voice. I think I can't remember if that's correct. Oh, do they? I, I think they ADR in her voice. Oh. Um, I remember reading that. Uh, apologies if I misremember that or if that was like something that they did. Um, I'm trying to see if I can confirm it. Um, but that does it say no doesn't say um but um i mean it i just assumed it was her like at first like just sort mm-hmm. of was like is this like very subtle old age makeup like what did they do like oh no that's a different actress that's crazy um and then yeah then <laughs> so i don't know like, i remember that madonna song was like kind of a little bit of a hit like it was it was on the radio a lot when i was a kid mm-hmm. this used to be my playground and that song too is so bleak it's just like jesus <laughs> And like it's playing over all the images of them, and I'm just like, oh, God, this is so sad. Um, but yeah, good, good movie. But yeah, before we wrap up, I have two quick questions for you. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite peach? I mean, it's it's very basic, but it's got to be Dottie. But I, I'd say my 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 second, if I if I can't. Do Dottie, my second is probably Doris, is Rosie O'Donnell's character. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Uh, probably either Marla or um, who does Madonna play? May. May. Mm-hmm. I think those are my two favorites. Um, also, but, shout out. I mean, out all of them are awesome. The only one, the only sort of named um, uh, Peach that we haven't really talked about at all um, is um, Anne Ramsey as Helen Haley. Um, the first face person yeah um tall brunette she's i think she's really good she doesn't have a ton of flash she she's, really good, she's really good and like looks very convincing playing baseball <laughs> mm-hmm. 
in her face. Oh, that's another. Oh, actually, there's one more, and it's Ellen Sue, who's the pitcher in the mm. World Series. Yes. Played by Freddie Simpson, who was. This is like really her only screen role. That's so funny. Yeah, no, Ellen Sue's good too. That's true. Um, yeah, but uh. And then you had a second question. Oh, actually, I have a th- two more now. Ha, okay. Um, baseball movies. How do you think this movie portrayed? It's baseball. Did it look good to your eyes? It looked pretty good. Um, it looked sort of better than I was expecting. There were definitely some edits where I was like, okay, they're trying yeah. to edit around. Um, and we'll compare it to like in the next movie where I, I know a lot yes. about how the baseball was filmed. Um, but um, yeah, there's definitely some edits. There were some doubles. <laughs> the, the one part that made me laugh was during the comp, like the tryout scene. We were talking about it at, at uh, Wrigley Field. There's, they're showing all these like great plays, and then there's one play that is cut into that montage that is clearly from a different game because they're not in front of the Ivy. They're from they're in front of the stadium. Oh, really? That they play their games in. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, oh no. They, they, I know it was just a little thing, and I was just like, oh, they just really wanted to get that like great catch or whatever, and they just like yeah. stuck it into. That. I was like, she's not even at the same. Okay, it's fine. Um, but yeah, there there was some like one or two sort of good baseball plays but like it's a lot of editing around yeah <laughs> it's a lot of editing around uh a lot of it to be fair this i think this film kind of gets away with it that these aren't actual mm-hmm. professionals right no i it, instead of like a movie yeah. where it's like uh john goodman playing babe ruth and sure. it's like or this baseball does not look like babe ruth a, a personal um hang up for me which is like almost any movie that shows people who are supposed to be good at tennis and i'm sure you've noticed this too oh Oh my god, the discrepancy between how actors play tennis and what real professional tennis looks like is hilarious. They look like they're playing in the 20s tennis exactly, where the rackets where are like literally a just like, a... Oh my god. It drives it drives me insane. I mean, I don't know what you yeah. can do about it. it. You can't really fake I know. it, and so I understand. I have to be understanding. But... Um, nothing it hurts me every time, no fake baseball has looked as bad as fake tennis um but no it's i i think you said it's not it in no way is distracting from the movie i think it works yeah uh, okay last question mm-hmm. of the one or two scene standout uh character actors that come in Mm-hmm. David Chatharin, mm-hmm. Gary Marshall, John Lovitz, Bill Pullman, which Ugh. is your favorite of the four. God, I mean, I am emotionally partial to Bill Pullman. Um but I think in terms of like impact on the movie, I think David Strathairn is probably like yes. the most uh, key, right? Um so Or it's John Lovitz as far as imp- John, John Lovitz, Lovitz makes so the most wild choices in this movie. It is it's like he's doing a sketch comedy. It's tryouts, baseball, <laughs> practice. Go, go, go. I will say I was kind of relieved that he like leaves the movie when he does because I don't think I could have handled it. I know that's, a, that's that's just enough. It's the right amount. He had to go. If it was like two hours of him hanging around doing that, I would have been like, oh god. No, he, he <laughs> he's high energy, and then they move on. I'm like, okay, that's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. So, but yeah, good movie. Yeah. What do you what, what do you want to rate it? Um, oh gosh, do I have to give it a four star rating? Yeah. For, um, I mean, I'll give it, I'll give it a high three. It's, it's a three, okay. it's a three star for me. It's not quite three and a half, um, but it's like a high, it's a very solid high three. What about you? I'll give it a three and a half. Three and a half. That is um, good. I do want to read Rod, the final paragraph of Roger Ebert's review. Oh, sure. 
The movie has a bittersweet charm. The baseball sequences, we've seen them before. What's fresh are the personality of the players, the gradual unfolding of their coach, and the way this early chapters of women's liberation fit into the hidebound traditions of professional baseball. By the end, when the women get together for their reunion, it's touching. The way they have to admit, what do you know? They really were pioneers. Aw. That's nice. Good. And that's it from his three out of four star review. He also gave it three stars? Okay. Yeah. Roger gets it. The frontiers are what you make of them. <laughs> frontiers are whatever, where you find them. The frontiers are where you find them. Um, yeah. And we will transition because you did me a real solid um, and, <laughs> and agreed <laughs> to watch one of It kind of works for both. So. Kind of, yeah. Um, did me a real solid, agreed to watch one of my favorite movies, um, which I mentioned up top, um, which was the 2016 um, Richard Linklater movie, Everybody Wants Some, which is about college. I, I don't baseball think that's players. how you pronounce it. Oh, because I'm not putting in the exclamation points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair Everybody enough. wants some. There you go. Um, but it is set at a fictional um, Texas college. Is it like South Texas? It's STU. Sure. Um, like Richard Linklater went to like I think he went to like Sam Houston State or something. Okay. But this is a this is a fictionalized. Um, uh, now, Linklater played baseball? Yes, he played baseball in high school and college before, like, dropping out. Was he out. a pitcher? He was not. So that... Okay. We can get into that um, because the sort of Linklater sort of main character stand-ins in both um, Dazed and Confused and this movie are pitchers. And... And they have his exact haircut. <laughs> you have his haircut. Um, I do think, well, and, and so for, just from an age stamp, so Everybody Wants Some largely billed as what was called like a spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused. Yeah. Um, it has no, it's not, it's not a true sequel in any way. There's no character crossover. It's not any of that. Going in, I actually thought it was some sort of sequel right. or prequel. I, or... Think, I, I think it was sort of um, talked about that like way in a way that was misleading. Um, it is not because like the pitcher character is going off to college now. Right, and, this is... and so the timing yeah, okay. tracks. Like it was like if the basically if the Wiley Wiggins character who's entering mm-hmm. high school in 1976, you know, who's we see him like pitching and basically like a little league junior high game. He's entering yeah. high school in 1976 and dazed and confused. Basically, that character could would be entering college in 1980, roughly, mm-hmm. and so it's sort of the next evolution of sort of that same time period, but it's not the same character. It's not connected at all. Um, yeah. And I think, and so, but I had always, I had looked into this years ago being like, okay, Linklater keeps writing about pitchers, but he, he played like second base or something. He, okay. he was not a pitcher. Like good old Marla But I Hooch. think, like good old Marla Hooch. Um, <laughs> but I think why he bases his movies around pitchers, I think he explains in this movie, um, in the scene where I think it's when they're playing pool, when the when Jake is talking to um, Willoughby, uh, Wyatt Russell, the, the yeah, Wyatt he's Russell like, character, you're alone on the mound. Yeah, and he was like, I th- I think they all hate you know the the rest of the team hates us, right? And he's yeah. like, well, you know, or like they see us as a necessary evil. And Willoughby's like, well, we kind of are, you know, and they'll just they'll <laughs> never understand us, like, and yeah. I, and I think. I and think that's what is right. more link later than the phrase they'll never understand us. Well, and I but I think that's right. Like I think that's very Yeah, I, true. I don't think it's wrong in the context. Though. Right. I think that's very true. I think like, you know, I, there's a reason why There's like, 8 to 9 positions on the team whether you have a DH or not right. that are yeah. batting most of the time and are right. working in the field. Right. And being a pitcher is just so it's its own distinct thing and I I think it's fair to be like 
a, you know, a second baseman or a shortstop, but a power hitter, like they're not gonna, you guys are playing a very different game basically. Yeah. Um, and so have you seen the, um, Kevin Costner, uh, for the love of the game movie Mm-mm. where no. he, it's a, he plays a pitcher who's like throwing a perfect game and is like oh. also also having flashbacks to regrets about like his lost love and stuff. Um, of course, I, I love that. I love that movie. Obviously, <laughs> um, it's not great. It's the least of the Kevin. Co- like I, I would say, Bill Durham, Field of Dreams, for love of the game. Like it's, you know, it's the Kevin Costner baseball trilogy. It's, it, in the Kevin Costner baseball trilogy, it's definitely the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, is there baseball in another Linklater movie? Or is it just those two? I think it's just those two. Oh, well, they go to an Astros game in Boyhood. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. But ca- main yeah. characters play baseball. That's just kind of right. Yeah, no, yeah. But, okay. they, but, he, but they do. They go to. Uh, and also Linklater also describes this sort of. He says that it's as much of a sequel, to, a spiritual sequel to Boyhood as it is to um, Days and Confused. Because Boyhood, because boyhood also ends, with, ends him going to college. with him going, like, the first day of college, meeting a friend, meeting a girl. And, like, that's where the movie ends. And so, you know, he likes exploring these sort of little chunks of life. Um, and so we do. We follow um, this main character, Jake Bradford, shows up um, first day or the weekend. It's not the first day of college. It's The key thing is it's the weekend before college starts because we get mm-hmm. this sort of, like, you know, every day we go through a clock of like how many hours until school's going to start. Um, and he shows up. He's living in a baseball house um, with all the other baseball players. And we just get to meet all the guys on the team. Um, and, you know, they they drive around. They meet some girls. Uh, we get introduced to Zoe Deutsch's character, who she plays Beverly. She's so fantastic in this movie. I love her. She's great. She's so charming. Um She's so funny. Like, I love her introduction scene um, where she just totally, like, sasses all of the main guys <laughs> and just is, like, has no time for them. <laughs> um, she's so funny. Um, yeah, and we basically just follow these guys through their weekend. Um, you know, there's – it sort of starts towards the beginning with, like, a team meeting where we get some sort of explanation. We learn that, like, you know, it's the fall, right? And so yeah. baseball is a spring sport. But their coach is like, okay, you guys are the team. You know, here's all these strict rules for living in this house. They're going to break all of the rules, obviously, because it's of course. like, <laughs> it's I college. mean, it's the same rules. It's college and any house you lived in or dorm you lived in or whatever. Like everyone broke those rules too. Um, but I enjoy the part where he, the coach is like, now there's an optional practice. It can't be mandatory because of like, you know, pr- presumably NCAA rules that yeah. regulate when we can hold practices. But there's an optional practice on Saturday or whatever. And then um, Tyler, I'm going to say Hawkland. Let's just assume that's how his name is pronounced. Sure. There's too many vowels in a row for me to know um, how to pronounce it. Tyler, Haw- Tyler Hawkland plays this character called McReynolds, who basically, who's the captain, and just sort of stands up and is like, okay, guys, optional means mandatory. Yeah, <laughs> you're I like going to be there. And um, you don't have a choice in the matter. We're, you know, basically, if you're not going to be there, I think he says that means you don't care about beating those fuckers from Arizona State. Yeah. Uh, or those, those fuckers from Arizona. Um, which makes me laugh every time. Um, yeah. And then we see them hanging out, partying, you know, becoming friends. Uh, and then eventually, yeah, getting to that that baseball practice, which has some truly fantastic baseball scenes in it. Um, and I don't know if you read anything about this, but 
basically the way Linklater cast this movie was by asking them to submit baseball tapes. Like anyone yeah. who was interested. And he was like, film yourself playing baseball and send it to me. And we'll see who I can work with. Like that was mm-hmm. sort of the starting point. And uh, Tyler Hoechlin, who already was probably the most like successful actor of the group. Like he'd already been on the many seasons of Teen Wolf on MTV and stuff. Oh, he is? Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the Teen Wolf guys. Um, Do you know but, what I mainly know him as? Um, the little boy from uh, Road to Perdition. Yeah. He plays yeah. Tom Hanks' son. We got that's a little what, bit of that's a podcast. What a lot of, uh, that's what a lot of people know him from. Yeah. We got a little like, overlap between the two podcasts. You, you, know, the, you know, these days he's Superman on television. Um, oh, that's he's right. He's from that's Supergirl right. and now whatever they call it, Superman and Lois, whatever his new yeah. show is. Yeah. I think he's I think he's like perfect Superman casting. When they oh, cast yeah. him for Supergirl, I was like, oh, perfect. I mean, but, I look, I'm looking at his letterboxed picture right mm-hmm. now, and it, it just looks like someone drew Superman and he right. became a human. It's so wild. He, he, doesn't, he, exa- he does not look like a real person. It's very crazy. It's um, insane. But he... Perfect. Um, he, um, when he was told to submit tape of him playing baseball, he submitted literally some ESPN footage of himself playing baseball because he was like a sort of Nash, like a high school and then six, he played in the Mm -hmm. college world series. Like, so he was like, here I am on ESPN playing in the college world series. And so it's like, can we talk about a swing? Ah, yeah. So there's, um, (laughs) it's a great swing. It's a great swing. One of the best scenes in the movie um, is a scene where they're all just sort of like screwing around outside of the house and, and being dumb guys or whatever. And we see they, there's one guy on the team in particular who loves making bets and is always just throughout the movie like making dumb bets with people. It's so <laughs> even funny. Though, even though people keep being, trying to be like, why would you? That's a bad bet. What are you doing? Um, but we see him making a bet he's with like, McReynolds. He's like, I, I bet five bucks we never see Buter again. He's like, he has to come back and get his stuff. I, I love you, that. You We're never going to see him again. <laughs> right. He literally would have to come back here. He left all of his stuff here. Um, but we see him making this bet with McReynolds. And he's like, two out of three? Okay, all right, all right. And then he takes an axe, and they throw a baseball, and he just slices the axe, or oh slices God. the baseball clean in half with the axe, and everybody just, like, freaks out. Uh, Do, now, was that so real? Good. I doubt it, but I would I like to imagine, imagine it, that but it, it looks so real. It and... doesn't seem physically, like, by physically, I mean, like, the laws of physics. I, don't, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that just wouldn't work, but it looks very convincing. Yeah, um, it does when he does it so yeah it yeah looks looks great um yeah it's kind of hard like this this is not really a movie i feel like you can break down the plot of (laughs) because like it's truly a hangout movie um they go to four parties um, they go to a whole bunch of different parties the guy gets the girl in the end then they fall asleep in school Exactly. I mean, it's literally like you just you got to college, you partied for three days straight, and then you have to make it to your first morning of class. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I will say, I, I don't know what your college experience is like, or your high school experience is like. Mm-hmm. But I think Leak Leader and I had very opposite uh, Probably. experiences. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my college experience was not the my, neither my high school nor my college experience were as sort of wild as as depicted in the movies. But, I mean, one of the reasons why I relate to Dazed and Confused so much is that, like, I did spend entire nights just driving around, just driving around from one parking lot to the next, meeting up with people. We were at the In-N-Out parking lot. We'd go to the mall parking lot. We'd go mm-hmm. to somebody's house. We'd go to, like, wherever, just, like, driving all night. Um, 
in whoever's car had a car um going to like a random park somewhere where like people would bring beers or what have you um and then yeah in college yeah did not did not party this hard in college but you know <laughs> i went to a big state school that had a lot of big parties at it um yeah. and so you know um i was not quite this hardcore but i i can relate to a lot of yeah sort of the the energy and the sort of like mm-hmm. well what are we gonna do tonight we're gonna go there do we know those people nope okay well <laughs> we'll just go and see what happens and we somehow have the outfit to fit in uh i do like so one of the things in this movie that i like so much is that they're open to everything um for the most part and they just sort of play it by ear we see them they go to a disco at the very beginning um they go back to the disco the next day and get kicked out because who's they have... the guy that plays that asshole Okay, so the actor's name is Justin Street. Justin um, Street, okay. Yeah, and he who plays Jay Niles, who's a transfer pitcher, who Dylan described as the uh, Trevor Bauer <laughs> of this movie. He really is. He literally oh chucks God. a ball out of the stadium because he's Yeah, angry. he literally gets mad and, tr- and throws a ball out of the stadium. So he and at that point, I was like, it's, it's too much. Yeah. I was going to say, and this was a few years before Trevor Bauer did that. Um, but th- this guy, so that scene has one of my favorite um moments in the movie also um speaking of how um we were talking about may and doris in the um in in the last movie we're probably just friends but you know they're pretty close um the the roper character so ryan guzman plays this character named kenny roper who like is like him and mick reynolds have like a very sort of interesting dynamic where like one in this scene uh, when they're before. Okay, slow uh, down, slow down. Because I, I literally am trying to figure out which one is. Um, uh, if you're trying to remember which one's Roper, it's the he's the one who's driving the car around at the beginning. Uh, with okay. Finn okay. in the passenger seat. He, uh, yeah. yeah, played by Ryan Guzman, who, if people recognize him, it's from like, I think he was in Step Up. Um, yeah, he was. But oh, what, what's shoot. the other one then? He's from Sacramento. What? He went to Sierra College. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I clicked on his Wikipedia and all of a sudden I was like, Sierra College, that was by where I grew up. And then that's where he went. Um, sorry, so yeah, so so Ryan Guzman plays Kenny Roper, who... Okay. Um, just and that's sort of the one I kept handsome. thinking was Jake Bradford, because they oh, look uh, so alike to me. Sure, he has darker hair, um, and he's he's one of the ones who... He's the other one when they get there. So when Jake shows up, he meets Rick, Mick Reynolds and Roper. At the, at, they're the ones who are yelling at him when he first shows up downstairs. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, and there's a scene when they're at the disco where they're talking to, um, Jay Niles, who's the jerk, who's too full of himself yeah. and asks him like if he gets, got drafted. Um, and he sort of is like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and, uh, Roper is like, McReynolds got drafted. Like he's the one guy on their team who was actually, you know, which happens in baseball. If anyone doesn't really follow baseball, a lot of players get drafted out of high school and choose to go to college instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mick Reynolds is sort of like, he's they call him like the resident All-American. Like, he's really the standout. He's the dotty of this team, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and so in the, there's, so the jerk, Jay Niles, starts a big fight over being mean to the bartender who made him a screwdriver. He, with a lime. <laughs> put a lime in it, which it is objectively gross to order like a screwdriver at a bar like that. Um, but then he gets mad at the- he gets mad that the bartender put a lime in it, starts a huge fight, and all the teammates, they all hate him, but he's their teammate, 
So they yeah. all get up to, you know, at least break up the fight and sort of fix the situation. And you see Nick Reynolds, who has, like, women draped on both arms, like, starts to, like, to jump up. And Roper, like, stops him and is like, no. And, like, he runs off without him. And I think it's because it's like, no, like, you have an actual future. You're the actual star. You can't get hurt. You can't get in trouble. Like, yeah, stay out of this. Um, which I always like. I think it's, like, such, like, a kind moment from someone to be like, no, no, you're, you're too good for this. Like, stay out of our nonsense. Um, and then the other scene that I really like of their friendship is um, my other, well, all, my, all the scenes in this movie are my favorite scene, but one of my other favorite scenes in the movie, which is the ping pong game that they play. Yeah. Um, which is so mad. <laughs> so, and you hear stories about um, baseball players or any professional athletes, right? Just being super competitive in all aspects of their lives. And mm-hmm. so they're, they're playing ping pong. And Jake, the main character, like, is beating McReynolds, like, not even by a bunch, but, like, he's he's sort of winning at the end of the game. And McReynolds just gets madder and madder, and he keeps calling out the score wrong, and they all keep correcting him, and he just gets so angry. And all the other teammates are just sitting there. They're just, like, drinking. They're watching. Um, and then eventually uh, Jake does win. One, McReynolds throws a uh, ping pong paddle at his head, which is yep. terrifying. <laughs> um, and then you know, just gets all mad and, you know, decides to go storming out. And the part that makes me laugh is that Roper, his, like, best friend, kind of is like, now I got to deal with this. And, like, sort of just, like, (laughs) follows him out of the room. And that was the most where I'm like, I know you're not boyfriends, but, like, that's a very something that, like, a boyfriend or girlfriend has to do where he's like, okay, well, now he's mad. I got to go calm him down. And just, like, walks out of the room after him. Um, And that's when the rest of them all do the, like, Jake, Jake. 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 Uh, Jake. Uh, uh, so, so, so funny. Um, and then we, like, see the rest of the guys. They're all, like, playing basketball or shooting darts or um, playing bloody knuckles. <laughs> Speaking oh of dumb God. things they wager on. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. So I know you obviously do not connect with Linklater, no. um, particularly the way I do, which is fine, uh, I feel so bad. I mean... I, you know, you don't have to feel bad, um, but no, I, like, I, for considering that he is a white man from Texas who's 30, no, 20, 30 years older than I am, um, I do, I just connect with these, all of his movies, really, or at least his coming-of-age movies, not, like, his weird ones that I don't watch, but his coming-of-age movies. Like Bernie? Um, I, I will watch Bernie. I that, love uh, Bernie. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll watch Bernie. Um, it looked a little dark for me. It's um, really fucking dark. But but I will watch it. Um, but I do. I just I connect with these movies a lot. I guess because of the hangout vibe and because it does. Even though it's about a bunch of dudes in Texas in 1980, like it's a very familiar vibe to me in terms of just like you have that one friend who's like this, you have that one friend who's like that, um, and sort of you know what you what you get out of those relationships as you go through this time in your life, even if it's not all super healthy behavior or it's not all, you know, it's not aspirational or anything. It's just like, you know, um, I will say the one other thing that I wanted to highlight in terms of why I think the themes work is because, you know, uh, we, we talked about how, you know, there's for a movie or about just like a bunch of dudes, like, there's not a ton of judgment in it. We talked about the scene um, off air 
where they meet his uh, Jake has a friend who is also at the college who's not on the baseball team who's just like kind of a punk weirdo yeah um, and at first they're kind of like okay this guy's weird okay we'll go to a punk show with him like whatever yeah. <laughs> and they basically put on like costumes like they like dress up like punks like fully like cut the sleeves off shirts and like wear weird vests um and uh i appreciate when uh the jake character uh, or what's his name finn like asked jake like are you self-conscious about those like duck feet around your neck because he's like wearing like this weird necklace of like duck feet and he's like yeah i am a little self-conscious it's the duck feet i can't yeah. <laughs> right it's like yeah it's, it's a little weird um but we see you know and then they go and they like party to punk music and it's not you know there's no inherent same thing with when they go to the country and western bar and which is a thing my friends and i did a lot in college there was a country and western bar that was walking distance from my apartment in san diego and we would put on boots and jeans and go and line dance and all do the that. cotton eye joe um do the cotton eye joe do all the line dances do the mechanical bull thing um you know and it was just yeah it was a vibe mm-hmm. um but the final part i wanted to mention is they do at the end go to this theater party zoe deutsch's character is a theater student and invites Jake to come to this party that her friends are having. And, of course, all the guys on the team just crash and go along with him, yeah. um, which I enjoy. Um, but there's a scene when, like, so Finn, who's the Glenn Powell character, Glenn Powell, who frickin' rules, um, and I hope breaks out even bigger after the new Top Gun movie comes out. I don't know how big his part is in it. Oh, he's in that? Yeah, he'll be he'll he, be perfect for that. He well, he auditioned. So he auditioned for the main young guy part, the one that went to Miles Teller, um, which huge downgrade in my opinion. Oh God! But they Miles, get to Miles Teller's Teller. fine. But... He's fine. Um, but Glenn Powell is still in it. He got like a sort of they you know whatever the next part was basically mm-hmm. his consolation. Um, but yeah, I hope he just breaks out huge after that. Um, he has a tiny role. If anyone doesn't, can't picture him. He's also in Hidden Figures, mm-hmm. um, playing. He's also in Setup. One of the astronauts. He's set it up. Uh, him and Zoe Deutsch um, are a a couple in in Set It Up, in a really good romantic comedy. Which I love that. It's like just take the actual two like most charismatic people from this movie and put them in a separate rom com together. I have no complaints. Um, but there is a scene, um, towards the end of this, when they're at that party where he's like talking to some girls and they're like talking about astrology and their sign. And he's like, mm-hmm. like talking to them very serious about it. And all of his friends show up and start being like mean to the girl and like teasing him about it yeah. and sort of blows up the conversation. And he sort of like rightfully chews them out and is like, what yeah. is wrong with talking <laughs> to someone on their level? Like, why do you think you're better than this? Like I was having a connection with her. Um, and then this, the, 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 those are the kinds of scenes that broke the movie for me. Why? I, those are my favorite parts. Be- because it was like, it was a camaraderie as long as they stayed within the rules of this cis white male environment, basically. What does that mean? It means that you can't talk about astrology or when there's the, I don't know if it's a transgendered person or if it's a person in drag. Oh, I like, think it's supposed to be What's a drag. dude doing there? Well, and, it's a college party in 1980, and um, I, I get it. Know. It's just like it, it, League later already always finds so much depth in uh, the most average white dudes that well, are kind of I mean sometimes. Po- but I, he, but he was calling them out on the toxic behavior. Like yeah, that was the point. Yeah. Is he was saying like 
what he says to them is, whenever we're all playing baseball, all you want to do is talk about pussy. It, it, and it, then it, when it we're at a party, like, then you make fun of me for talking to a girl. So what, yeah, what am I supposed to do? But then they just don't learn anything from that. I don't know. I mean, but they're... I don't know. I, I, just, I, yeah, I, I think I we should have... To be fair, those were the kinds of people I hated the most in high school and college. Oh, so, kind of people I hung around with in I know. high school and that's and kind college. of the difference here. And so, yeah, I mean, I and I like I said, I like that scene, and he literally just like yells at them, like he's like, "It's pretty fucked up," and then like marches yeah. off, and it's like because it, also in my experience, those are. Those are arguments you have with your friends. And then, no, it's, it's not going to change. Like, what are they? <laughs> they're like 19 year old guys. They're not going to, one friend will be like, that sucked. I hated that you did that. Are, are they going to radically change their behavior? Probably not. No, but I think if this um, was Magic Mike XXL, they'd be like, you're right, dude. Like, sorry about that. And that would feel like a lot this less movie kept on like me. going up to that line of like Magic Mike XXL. Which is like this is like positive, non-toxic, magic, Mi- right? Intelligent which is why male Max, Magic Mike XXL is a fantasy film because that's not how any of this works no, in the but real it, world. I, I I guess I just wish there was more portrayals like Magic Mike XXL instead of the same sure. old. Sure, because it reminds me of like American Graffiti, which I don't like. Which is just love American these, Graffiti. These toxic dude assholes that I just cannot i yeah I, I guess i just can't i don't have a response to that because like yeah I, I don't think i mean i won't say that a lot of the behavior isn't toxic but i think it's realistic um yeah and i think i mean and you can say like you, you know i mean i'm sorry that i made you watch a movie <laughs> about uh guys like this set in this time period and i say maybe it's just if you want to say i'm just not interested in that like i just have no use to watch movies about white men in like the 70s or 80s or whatever totally understandable um but i think like if if you're going to make and watch a movie about this like i i, I don't want them to like pretend it was something it was not either if that makes I sense guess. like i don't i don't know what would be benefited from being like and we all were like i mean and maybe i guess like i just wish they did like something, something different but. like i wish you know maybe they showed more of the black character side that's in this house full of white people or if if one of the if if two of them were in a gay relationship and maybe they had to keep it secret or something but like there there's like it's just it's always so similar sure and i guess then what you would rather see is a different movie made by a different person yeah and that's fine because i i I struggle to just get anything out of it it would just be a different movie if it was a movie about the black baseball players or about there being gay people or something like that. It would just be something different yeah. than what it is. Um, to be fair, by yeah. the end, I I really didn't like the first half. I'll say that when mm-hmm. they're just kind of smoking and having sex and it's just like, okay, you know, whatever. But when it was more of like, oh, we're going to go to this punk party Oh, we're gonna go to this uh, music party. Oh, we're gonna play some baseball, and mm. we're gonna make dumb bets with each other. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's when I was like, okay, like, like there, there was something to like latch onto, basically. Yeah, there was, and and, and the, yeah. it was like kind of went above the normal hangout movie sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think for it me definitely, there. I think it definitely levels up in the second half for sure. Yeah. Um, and I'll say, like, the first time I watched it, I did, I spent the first, the first time I watched it, I spent the first 30 minutes being like, 
oh okay like i don't okay but thank also, god because that's no, what the, i was like the first the first time i watched days and confused i felt the same way um and i think and that's why i think i need to rewatch days and confused i think there's something about these movies and i this is not to say that this should be how you have to engage with a movie if you watch a movie one time and you're like that's not for me pfft, you are not obligated to give that movie any more of your time life is too short but i will say both days and confused the first time i watched it um was just like okay like i i it's fine you know whatever but because of the hangout vibe of them, like I, the more and more I watched them, like the more I felt like I knew these characters and the more I just enjoyed hanging out and like the little moments like popped mm-hmm. for me more. Um, and every time I watch it, I literally get like, this is at least my 10th time watching Everybody Wants wow. Some, like start to finish. Um, I saw it the weekend it came out. Um, I pulled up like my letterbox list. I saw it the weekend it came out. <laughs> I um even though the first time I watched it, like I remember thinking it was just like I liked it, but I couldn't quite put my finger on why. I still like pre-ordered the Blu-ray, so like the weekend the Blu-ray came out, <laughs> I got it. Um, and I've just watched it, yeah, probably another eight times since then. And it's like I just it just makes me happy. It just it's like the opposite. Like I just feel good hanging out with these guys. I felt I, like, good in the last half. I have. Um, and like I said, I definitely do think it it levels up in the second half. That that baseball scene is so good. Um, there's it's so many so good little good. moments. Like the guy who's like freaking out that he can't find his lucky helmet with the scratches in it, and like it's just really all the, the stuff with the catcher. The, yeah, the stuff with like the the catcher is so funny. Um, even the jerk, you get nice resolution to the jerk pitcher who yeah. is being aggro in batting practice, and McReynolds is like, okay, fine. Hits like a monster home run that he doesn't even bother to run the bases for. And it's just like, F yeah. you, dude. And then they have like a little moment where it's like, no hard sorry. feelings, teammate. Yeah, sorry. Okay. It's all right. You know, and sort of. Was that like, was great. That was so great. So you're like, so that has those little moments. Um, and like I said, the ba- the baseball stuff feels very, like, very real in a, in a fun way. And even like when Jake is pitching and then McReynolds only gets a double like he doesn't hit it out the park on him but like gets a double and is kind of like okay all right here we go like we're gonna be teammates Mm now um i just like those yeah little little moments that that to me feel very real um but again Mm -hmm. i totally i totally get if you're just like yeah i've seen enough movies about dudes like this i don't need to see anymore yeah but it's it's and 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 when you said like magic mike was a bit of a fantasy sometimes these movies feel like a Mm -hmm. white male fantasy to me sure just a fantasy of like a very slim experience that right. I mean, break outside of, which is my well, biggest problem with Boyhood. I love Boyhood also. I think I know. I mean, I think the problem is I don't think it, I think it's just reflective of a very narrow yeah. experience, which is fine. But and we've talked about this before. I don't really. I think the to the extent that there's a solution to the fact that like too many movies are made from one narrow point of view. Yeah, it's too include different filmmakers with a different point of view and like you know it's kind of like the the thing that's almost a meme now about how people complain about like Sofia Coppola's movies being very white and it's like do you want to see a Sofia Coppola movie that tackles race issues because I don't think you want that <laughs> like the, the thing with of... Sofia Coppola is she usually to me at least like personally for me like the story and the characters rise above like just mm-hmm. being like a basic white girl right. movie and, and, and that, the problem and with later for about... me is it just yeah yeah but the, the thing for is, for me, these it just, movies do, and if they don't, yeah. I totally get that too. And yeah, for me, and just for me, do it well. doesn't. It doesn't do that for me with Linklater most yeah. of the time. But, yeah, um, but people that kind of it doesn't do that with Sofia Coppola. Like I would, I, I could get it. Um, right. It's exact. I feel like it's kind of. It's just kind of depends on. And I, I mean, 
I connect deeply to both of them. So I don't, yeah. I don't think it has to be a one or the other kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I connect to Sofia Coppola. And then like we, we were talking the other day, like other people that came out in this era, like some mm-hmm. I don't connect to, like Spike Jones or Quentin Tarantino. And on the other hand that I do connect with, like Paul Thomas Anderson or the Coens, like it's just it depends on whether or not it can yeah. kind of rise above that sort of viewpoint that yeah everyone was coming out of with right because the hollywood system likes to benefit yeah a specific kind of and, yeah and, and what yeah and I, well yeah and what we're talking about this at this time too is like i saw days and confused the first yeah, time that like, was when i was in high school and so <laughs> yeah. you know like i it, it literally imprints on your brain in a way to be fair it, it probably did, did i probably watched in high school but it's one a different era and two like yeah. i said this was not the kind of people i personally enjoyed right. being around in high school yeah and it was it was the movie was only like five years old when I saw it when yeah, I was in high it, school. Exactly. You know, like, it, it worked. It takes in your era, it, with right? You. It and that's right. Fine. Ex- exactly. And I think it just sort of like imprints on your brain and stuff. Um, and I, I, yeah. And I guess my sort of the last thing I would say is that um, I. So one thing that I like about this movie, and I'm sure you can sort of vehemently disagree with me, but um, there's not there's not a lot of women characters, which again is fine. It's just not what it's about. Um, but what I do like is like these guys are jerks and they're out there objectifying women and trying to get laid oh, or whatever. Yeah. The, that, that was most but of the first half. It was like it is, but it's pretty the, single-minded. Sure, but but also hung around a lot of dudes who were trolling the bars. And, yeah, um, I know. You know, at that age, who that's what they're trying to do. But I like that. You know, the the women are all like very game. Like you get the impression like they know, especially like when the the girls like first show up yes. and they're saying hi to all of them. They're there to have a good time. They're there with their groups yeah. of girlfriends. And their not, sexuality like, is hearts. not necessarily hidden either. Right. It's uh, it's and it that's feels a good very thing. owned. It's not like these girls are all like they're not like groupies. They're not trying to like get boyfriends or whatever. Well, they're, they're, they're ready to pick there. these guys up too. Like right, this, exactly. This they're is, there. This exactly. is a they're two-sided a game, at least. Right. Exactly. And so that. That is one, it's, it maybe is a small thing, but considering how many movies I feel like where the women would be sort of portrayed as like, yeah, I, I agree or with emotional, that. it's just like, no, they're there to dance and have fun and they'll go back to the house and party. And like, then you literally see them later, like they'll see them the next night and they're dancing with other guys. Like they're, yeah. <laughs> they've got their own agendas, mm-hmm. um, which I enjoy. Um, and then, um, uh, <laughs> The only other baseball thing that I love so much in this movie, and it's because I love Glenn Powell's performance, there is a like montage of them hooking up. That's it's kind of like the montage in Wedding Crashers, but less gross. Um, but there's a montage yeah, I was of just all about- the guys. <laughs> it's like the montage in Wedding Crashers. It's a little bit, which frankly I laugh at too. Whatever, I I okay. have bad opinions. It's fine. It's um, not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> but, um, but it is creepy. The, the, the montage ends, and we see and like Finn has just like finished hooking up with this girl, and they're sort of like laying in bed together and he gets this wistful look on his face and he looks up and he goes I think the Astros are going to make it to the World Series this year yeah. <laughs> and he just gets like a big smile on his face and he's just like it's just so funny to me and the girl's time. like already asleep exactly she's just like whatever <laughs> like she's like not even like, he's like that's also, fine cool right because you also you kind of think that a lesser movie I feel like would have her be like how dare you be like talking I know. about baseball right? she's just, just like whatever fine. yeah it's fine um Makes me laugh every that time. That was probably my favorite moment in the first half of the movie, at least. I, I think it's the... Yeah, I, I think... Like I said, I don't think you ever need to watch this again. I think you'll be fine. Um, but sort of based on what you did connect to it, it's very similar how the first time I saw it, like, what stood out to me was, like, a little mm-hmm. joke like that, and then the second... The building in the second half. And I think... 
I think when I, I do if I did it, watch this a second and a half, I'd probably like it better because the first time I was just like, "What the fuck are these characters? Where is like, this I'm just, going? I'm sick yeah. of this." But yeah. when when like all most of the characters have like dimensions and arcs throughout yeah. the second part of the movie, yeah. like I feel we, okay going in being like, "All right, we, the first half we didn't is." Talk about mm. Wyatt Russell's character uh, Willoughby, who has like a really funny arc. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where he's like a hippie California guy who has transferred onto the team and then is removed from the team. <laughs> After like three pitches. Exactly. Like pulls out and then um, and then later on the, the sort of room, like, it's not like a rumor, I guess. They just like a couple of guys on the team find out what happened. <laughs> so he's basically a scammer who just is 30 years old going from team to team trying to well, keep playing baseball. Well, at one point in the movie, I texted you like, these people are too old to be in college. And I was, mm-hmm. I, I think I was t- uh, talking about Tyler. Uh, oh, Tyler Hawkland's character. Yeah. Hawkland's Who is character? like 28. Yeah. It, plus yeah. that mustache makes him look 40, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, but the, the fact that it actually did come up that one of these people was too old. That's was... what was so funny. I'm like, it's a plot point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Great. Yeah, it is good. And I, I like Wyatt Russell a lot. Um, he he right now is starring in um, the Disney Plus Falcon and the Winter Soldier show. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the first time I've ever seen him with short hair and clean shaven. Because like he normally oh, looks no, like that, what I he can't looks like that. in this movie. No. He looks like Kurt Russell. Like, I mean, I don't have to tell you. Like really? when he cuts his hair and is clean shaven, he looks like a young back like early, early Kurt Russell when he was like a little bit more doughy faced. Yeah. That's what he looks like. When, okay. And that kind of makes me wonder if that's one of the reasons why he like keeps his hair how he normally does so he has a little bit more of his own identity yeah. and he's not just like oh you're kurt russell's son okay mm-hmm. um D- did you see yeah. ingrid goes west no i didn't oh it's a good movie that, but that, white russell's in that too is he in that too that movie looked a yeah he's, he's one of the main cringy. characters I was, he's I was worried about funny he's so funny in that movie well I, honestly yeah. all four of the leads uh audrey plaza elizabeth olsen and uh What's Ice Cube's actual's name and then Junior? Oh, oh. What's his name? I can picture him. Uh, the guy yeah, who's from um, Santa Compton. O'Shea Jackson. O'Shea Jackson <laughs> I'm so Jr. I'm sorry. I, it's Ice Cube Jr., but I can't, I can't well, remember his actual name. O'Shea Jackson Jr. That O'Shea is Jackson Jr. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're all so funny. That's a really good movie, Jan. I, I, I'd, I'd give it a go. I will, I will definitely. Um, there are some parts, I will say, that are also. kind of just like rip my face off cringy that's why i didn't watch it yeah i was very worried that i would have to like hide behind my sofa and not be able to deal with it so you there is two scenes in particular that i think you would but Um, oh and sorry final note we should wrap up we've been going almost two hours final note um on this movie also what works for me is because i'm very basic is i just love all the music like this is like there's a lot of good needle drops there's a lot of really fantastic needle drops i mean you know the Days and Confused soundtrack was like a a huge deal. It had like two mm-hmm. volumes and was like, yeah. you know, it, like it's kind of kind of his thing. Um, but the movie, the music, the needle drops in this one are so funny because it's like a perfect sort of like end of the 70s disco, early 80s, like sort of weird new wave. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's got some Blondie. It's got some Van Halen. All the it's Blondie some, drop. Yeah. And, and they're just playing like a uh, pinball. Yeah. Oh, God. 
That was a great part. I was just uh, like, I also really like I that. Want. I also really like that pinball scene too. Speaking of Nick Reynolds getting mad about losing at things, <laughs> he's like, yeah. "Just keep doing that." It's like, "Well, yeah, that's how they score against you." <laughs> like, he gets so mad. <laughs> um, yeah. See, there's there's little bits of. Um, oh, I know. Like, I, I'm mainly stuff. complaining about the first half. The second half. Yeah. The first half reminded me of what I remember from Dazed and Confused, where I was just like, I think mm-hmm. a lot of these people are creepy, and I don't want to yeah. hang out with them. Days and then the second half was more like. Days of yeah, Confusion is another movie that gets a lot better in the second half. Um, I, because I, That's it true. took me a few tries to get into Days and Confused, now one of my all time favorite movies, um, because I, I hate the, um, the hazing stuff. Like, that's just not. And, and there was for some me. hazing in the first part of the movie, and I was just like. That's true. Yeah. And to be fair, there's one in the second half where it's like, let's hit <laughs> people with baseballs. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, someone could die. I like, know. And uh, I was like. The visual is very funny of it's them like taped up sideways on the outfield wall. But there is one scene or one shot where a, a baseball comes and the guy go- yanks his head like that and the ball goes right there. That every time I'm like, ah, like yeah, kill yeah. somebody. I'm, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I feel bad for Buter, as stupid as Buter is. I, know, I feel bad for Buter too. Yeah, there is there is one guy that they sort of like, although. Again, it's it's the bare minimum, but when he like base has that like scare or whatever, where like he you know like thinks his girlfriend might be pregnant, or whatever. There is at least one moment where they're all like, whoa, 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 okay, okay, hold on, <laughs> like and sort of like yeah, but for then one they second, start teasing him, and I was just well, like, okay, well because he's fair, he's being an idiot pregnant because she's one day late or something, yeah, and so that's why because at first they're like, oh my god, oh this is so serious, how late is she? And he goes one day, and they're like, ah. Oh, you come on dude like i mainly feel bad that he just he 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 seems to be very proud of his name and they're just being i i know that yeah to be fair we're calling him buter now too so i know poor i like that actor too will i think his name's yeah will Mm -hmm. britton his name his real name is billy autry so (laughs) that's why what's kind of funny is they're like he already has a very sort of like cowboyish hick name and then they just give him a different cowboyish hick name i mean groups Dudes can be mean, not even just dudes, groups of people uh, yeah. can be mean, to be sure. Um, I will but, say there's yeah. no character in this movie that is, uh, a, like, 30 and sleeping with underage girls all the time. And exactly. I, that, that's just the main thing that just... And, 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 he, and Matthew McConaughey's, like, the most famous part of Days mm-hmm. of Confused, arguably, yeah. even though he's in it for, like... Yeah, no, he's barely in it. Fifteen minutes, just, ten minutes. If he hadn't gone on to get so famous, I don't think it would be so well yeah, remembered. Like whenever I think of Days and Confused, like that's one of the first things I think of. Just like, uh, no, see, please. I do, but like not in a bad way. I think about that scene of him walking into the uh, the pool hall while Hurricane Ooh. plays, and I oh, that's it works I mean, for good me. Good needle drops that's, again. Good needle drops. That's cinema, man. Um, <laughs> But oh, also, there's nobody in this movie as as crazy as that one picture is. There's no like Ben Affleck bully. Like there's no villain. There's no person who's and, uh, just. I mean, a sadist, to be fair, basically. I absolutely despise Ben Affleck. So mm-hmm. that role kind of fits into my <laughs> fits with what you distaste uh, for him. Think of him, yeah. Parker Posey's right. in Days and Confused though, and she is like the best. She's the Parker best. Parker Posey is extremely good in that movie, and she she's actually the closest to like. She's kind of the girl version of of the Ben Affleck character in terms of like the hazing and like the sadism and stuff. But the the girl hazing in that movie is so like I mean it's like bullshit cheerleader hazing. It's I mean nowhere near as bad as what Ben. Don't get me wrong. I would have um, not survived it. I just like would have anyway. Would have made me incredibly ill to go through what they put the girls through in that movie because it's just like gross stuff. 
<laughs> slime, don't touch me. Um, yeah. But yeah, although it does lead me to believe that um, growing up in these schools in Texas, <laughs> like at that time, I think, <laughs> I mean, there was hazing at my high school too. There was freshman hazing. Like there were kids who got taped to stop signs and like shoved in lockers and stuff. There was like a, a designated freshman hazing day the first week of school. Um, mm-hmm. And this was in California in the 90s. So, you know, it's a thing, I'm it sure. Happens. Hopefully it doesn't happen anymore. Um, but God knows it probably does. Yeah. I don't think I don't think the kids are that. It's more much virtual now. now, though. That's that, that actually freaks me out more. Like fucking tape me it, to a it, stop it's... sign instead of cyberbullying me. I swear to God. <laughs> like mm-hmm. one of those things is over and done in a day. The other, uh, <laughs> ah, oh, yeah. we've digressed to cyberbullying. The world's terrible. Yeah. Um, but I do. I do thank you for giving the movie a chance, um, and I'm glad you found some things to, to get be fair, out of it. Overall. I think I did like it. I okay. would say I liked it. That is that is fair. I was I was fully prepared for you just to be like, I cannot deal with this movie. So <laughs> I, I like it better than what I remember Days and Confused to be. So did and you like yeah. it a lot more than Boyhood too, that's for sure. That's that's so funny. That is that is a wild take. Um I mean I have a lot more fun watching it than Boyhood, that's for sure. Yeah, that's um, fair. <laughs> so did you have I know you didn't necessarily love any of these characters, did you have a favorite? character or member of the baseball team okay so i was just about to ask you i mean i i I have two Um, that were my favorites by far of the baseball teams but i did love zoe tattoo's character oh she's so good one of my favorite parts in the movie was when they have their phone call yeah Um, and as soon as uh she hangs up after he's like oh i'll come by your place she's like oh I love that moment too. Yeah, because he's like, "Want to hang out right now?" Okay, and then she hangs up the phone and she like rockets up and starts yeah. like grabbing things around her apartment. It's so cute. Um, but yeah, and then um, when she the, opens like the door, she, like fifteen minutes later, she's got like a like a nice dress on and she's all got her put together. I but love like her she's date, yeah, yeah it's very cute. I, lo- I loved her character. She was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, I, like she like talks about coming from a performing arts school and like because yes. they they sort of talk about the difference between like you know one of the things about the baseball team, everyone was the the all star of their high school team, and now they're all just like you're not the the important person. Everyone was the best guy on their team. Now you're all just in it That's together. A great. Yeah, and then she, and she talks. Yeah, and she's like, "It's the same thing in performing arts school. We all were the leads in all of our high school productions, but now, now we're we here at college together, and we can't all be the lead anymore." And so, yeah, I, I like that they bond over that very similar um, experience. So, I mean, one of the things that I don't like about like Linklater dialogue a lot of the times is I, it feels pretentious for me in the way that like these people are saying things that I think Linklater feels profound, but just has absolutely no. Mm-hmm. bearing on how I think is profound like sure. the, the white Russell talking about Pink Floyd and sure. seeing other people it's just like okay <laughs> but, but, but then when, he tries when, to get people to telepathically know he's thinking about sharks yeah that, so. that, that part was my favorite part of it because <laughs> then it was tails. like okay he's, he's still a little dumb he's yeah still, exactly That's what, I feel it's like, it's like that it, sort yeah. of mentality and I feel that mentality through most of boyhood mm-hmm. sure um, yeah Boy, boyhood for me I think I, I'm more with you on Boyhood, where I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> come yeah, on. Yeah, okay, okay, good. Yeah, I know you like Boyhood a lot more. I but, do like, like Boyhood a lot more, but at I least think we're at least we're on the same page I, there. I have a harder time with it, and because I, for me, I think Days and Confused and Everybody Wants Some like do undercut it because you have these characters being profound, and then and then you have them they're being, being dumb too, big, big dumb dorks. Well, and being, I think, well, Boyhood's like supposed boyhood to be this profound throughout. It doesn't undercut it. It's, I mean, it's not a comedy the way the other ones are, yeah, and yeah. so you don't have. I think 
you need the comedic moment to be like, this is, let's not take this all so seriously, basically. Yeah. Um, but the one time I, the main times I do like uh, leak later dialogue is mm-hmm. it's when, when it's between two uh, romantic leads just kind of talking about how sure. they feel, what they're doing, what's in their life. If you can't tell, that's why I like the before trilogy so much. Sure. Of course, especially the of first course. two. Yeah. Um, and so when it's really just uh, Jake and Beverly, mm-hmm. that that was the peak of the movie for me. Yeah, especially that's fair. I love the part where they're also talking um, in the pond. Yeah, the, I love that part. So that's good. Really like nice the, I, yeah. that's the movie I kind of wanted to be living in. I wanted them to be living in the baseball practice and the pinball scenes, and, yeah. and, and the Beverly and the Jake stuff. Yeah, the the sort of lower key, like without not the over the top like party stuff, but just the like yeah. bond bonding, whether it's the Jake and Beverly bonding or sort of like yeah, the team together. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that. I think that's totally fair. Okay, but the favorite member of the team. Yes. So mm-hmm. I think it comes down to two for me. Mm-hmm. Um how, how, who's who's yours? Oh, my my number one is Finn. My my number one is the Glenn that, Powell. That was one of Finn the character. He's God, I the, loved him from the very beginning when he he's like making fun of of McReynolds and Roper, uh, where mm-hmm. he or he, he kills McReynolds. He's like the resident all star on the field, of course, up here. <laughs> you know? Not so much. <laughs> Not so much. Um, and it's like making fun of the waterbed and everything. I just oh I could God, see how waterbed. I could see how like if you have a trouble with some of uh, Linklater's like you know someone who thinks they're profound stuff, like he can kind of be that way. Yeah, so there were times that I was like, well, also I don't like fast-talking dialogue. Oh, so I that's why they're like Tarantino. dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot of people do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like that's why like Tarantino dialogue is always just kind of sure. like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was times that Finn would be like really fast-talking and trying to yeah. be profound. I'd be like, okay. But personality-wise, he was always like, the most positive and accepting. Right. Yeah, and he's always the one I, that's like, let's go to the next thing. Let's go. I'm, I'm going to ride that mechanical bull. I'm going to go to the punk show. I'm just or, like... Was it he the one when uh, he's like, I'm going to go to a musical party. He's like, and you're not taking us to right. a musical party? Well, do, are we, there, would puts, we not like to go? <laughs> and then he gets there, he puts the top hat on. Like, yes. <laughs> he, yeah, he's just... And, yeah, it's, he's and, it. and so even though like he has some of the Linklaterisms that don't mm. work for me in general, he had just the best personality. Yeah. Agree. Uh, um, and the other one was uh, Mick Reynolds. Yeah, th- those are the two. I mean, Hawk, he's, he's so he's charismatic. Too perfect. It's, he, right. He he really is. Um, and what I like speaking about undercut. So what I like about his character because like he's the best baseball player. Like he gets all the girls. He like whatever. Um, but then t- there's the one scene where they're getting ready to go out, and he is like bathing himself in cologne, and the other guys are like. <laughs> this doesn't smell good. He's like, no, the ladies love it. And he's like putting it on. It's like, I think you're supposed to be like, okay, he doesn't exactly have it all figured out because that's You can gross. smell that dude. Like, right, exactly. You can like, you can literally smell him walking into a room. Um, and I, Well, I, also his personality is probably the most down to earth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of he's all like, of them. Yeah, he's like, you know, he, he's the, he also has the very funny moment at the very beginning when he shakes hands and then Jake says, I'm a pitcher. And he just immediately wipes his hand off. And it's just like. <laughs> and he wipes it on the other guy. And he's like, I don't get your pitcher touch on me. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah. No, I, I think they're definitely the like the standout sort of. Because I also think they're like the two best actors. I think they are the Powell best and Tyler Hoechlin are the best far. actors. Yeah. And I, I Besides sort of... on the team, I think Zoe. Doi, sure, okay, Zoe yeah. Did, I, I can never figure I out. Think it's just, Deutsch. I think it's just Deutsch. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think they're the standout actors. And like Wyatt Russell's also good too, but that character is just basically comic relief. Like, and it, it's it's a <laughs> it's true character. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, 
Yep. Now, who's, who's the complete idiot that takes the bad bets? Um, that character's name Because he was the guy is, that made me laugh the most, at least. Uh, that's, his name's Nesbitt. That actor is, is a guy named Austin Emilio, um, mm-hmm. who apparently has also been in, like, The Walking Dead and, and some oh. other stuff. So he has been in... Um, oh, he he recently joined the cast of Fear the Walking Dead and, and is a new main cast member on that. Good for him. Okay, great. I'd never seen him in other stuff, although he's also in Song to Song. I was just about to say, he's he in must be from, he's an Aust- He's an Austin guy. A lot of these, and like I pointed out the one girl um, who Jake hooks up with on the first night um, is an actress from Friday Night Lights. And so like it's a mm-hmm. lot of Texas-based actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So either you don't see them in other things or you see them in other things that are... <laughs> Texas-based, um, but yeah, the, I the lo- nice thing is, it's too. none of them are, or most of them aren't like heavy Southern accent no, like Texas, no. but they feel relatably like this kind of person would be from Texas, right? Exactly, and it's like a range from like the the one guy Nesbit, like we do see him sort of going around in like a cowboy hat or whatever, but then mm-hmm. you also brought up. Um, the other freshman guy, Plumber, who's the guy that's just always in like a pastel um, <clears throat> polo shirt, you know, and <laughs> it's just a doofus. He, he is like, too straight to be straight. I, I, yeah, he's just a little too, yeah, a little too much. Um, but yeah. But so. he, he was pretty funny too. He is. He is I, I laughed a lot at him. I mean, he, he has my favorite line in the entire movie uh, when they get to the party um, and he opens up the fridge and the cat jumps out oh. and he just says, I don't, think cats are supposed to be- I don't think cats are supposed to be in fridges. <laughs> and then just like walks away. It, that's literally, it's just, why is that there? Why does it happen? I don't care. It makes me laugh every time. And he's just so like, Cats aren't supposed to be in fridges, and then he just like wanders off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, I think we covered it now that we've spent over two hours talking about. These we did two about an movies. hour in each movie, and I think that's yeah, fine. I think that's fair. Um, yeah. So I hope everybody enjoyed this. I hope everybody. Oh, wait, wait, is... wait, 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 wait. We, we need a rate. We oh, need a rate. Right. Wants oh, oh, yeah. Um, this is a four out of four star for me. It's it's a five out of five star on on. I've, yeah. It started as like four stars the first time I've seen it, and it's been inching up over the That's years. Good. And now it's five stars. So, okay. where did you and land? I'll give it a three out of four. Okay, that is that is much more generous than I expected. So I will take it. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I hope everybody enjoyed um this little brief digression into baseball movies this week. Um. You got you and Nick will be back. Yeah, we miss Nick. Hi, Nick. Um, if you're listening, hey. um, I you guys will be back next week, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think he here. wants us to do Simpsons episodes. Yeah, I I cannot wait. To, I I cannot wait to listen to that because um, yeah, you've never have you never seen a Simpsons episode or just like I think I've seen two. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm, I've seen a lot of clips and references to Simpsons. I mean, stuff. you you live in the world, so yeah. <laughs> like I. So of course you have, um, but that'll be super. That'll be super fun. Um, yeah, and then in a couple of weeks we'll be back. Exterminating Angel, I think, is next in the Ebert book. We'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. It'll be in April sometime. Hopefully, there's not a, a third week of something coming up. Yeah, I, 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 I have too. to fill in by myself. Just monologue. Just like monologuing, you could do it. Uh, yeah. Hey, something could come up, and you could have a scheduling conflict. That'd um, be amazing. I mean, for me, next weekend's just Easter weekend, and I have family stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, but yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed. I hope everyone who is cares about baseball is in, looking forward to next weekend and opening day, and it'll be good times. Um, Go Padres! Yeah. 
Go Dodgers. Um, in we're gonna ha- we're gonna have a tumultuous relationship this I know. baseball season. I care too much. It's and this is the first time I've problem. gotten to actually deeply care about the Padres. I mean, I always care about the Padres, but it's always one of those things that's like. Uh, can't can't you put all your emotional investment in the A's instead? Because then we could. Just, do you like, want get me on to put the thing? emotional investment yeah. in the A's this year? Absolutely. I mean, well, I guess not. I guess not for. I guess not for your own well-being exactly <laughs> sorry i meant for my selfish reasons so we're not fighting i, about I the beat NLF. myself up either by the padres just always being terrible yeah. or the a's always being just good enough to give me hope and then take it away yeah. very quickly yeah but this is the first year i, I think it could happen i, think the I mean they're go all the way. they're gonna be good i i am rightfully very freaked out by them um and look forward to just being nauseous for like Six months, whatever right? whatever negative fun. feelings we have to have worrying about each other's teams, it doesn't have to be as bad as Nick's nostalgia's worrying about his own team. I know. I'm sorry. On I know. Poor poor Nick is just wants us fields. to like shut the f up because like if our biggest problem is like our team's really good and another team's really good, and then Cleveland's just going to be out there Clevelanding it up, and we're so sorry. It's and it's no good for anybody. Dolans and the name and everything. I got a sports. I got a Sports Illustrated sent to my house. I don't know why we don't subscribe. They just sent it to my house, and the cover of Sports <laughs> Illustrated. I'm, I'm not joking. Um, the cover of Sports Illustrated this month is just a big smiling Francisco Lindor with his Mets cap on, and I just took one look at that uh, magazine Nick, cover, every, and I was like, I'm sorry, Nick. Every time I see Lindor, I'm like, oh man, and I can't imagine how bad Nick feels. I'm sorry, but he he's really just really getting pummeled at the end of this episode. Um, we love you, Nick. We love you, Nick. Um, all right. So until next episode, people can find us on Twitter and Letterboxd at Great Movies Pod, right? Um, <laughs> and um, thank you as always to our friend Scott Brady for our excellent podcast artwork. You can find him on Twitter at s brady artist. And until next time, Roger out. Roger up. All right. Yeah, stop. Why can't I find the stop? Sounds good. There we go. Recording. Okay. All right. Minimize that. Here. Okay. I'm trying to change my setup so that I can that I keep Audacity open just because I started I, I only just minimize it and don't look at it the entire time we're recording and like thank God that there's never been <laughs> it's never like malfunctioned and I didn't notice so I'm doing a new thing where I keep it open so I can see it and also see us while we record so good you know <laughs> well, I mean the oh, good God. news is it's never been an issue but can you imagine um, okay uh, it's, just, it's never gonna be an issue. Well, now it won't be an issue because I've changed my setup. Okay. Um, All right. Here we go. I, in general, even as a baseball fan, don't like a lot of baseball movies. Good Lord. Um, Did you see Pelly jump down to then? No, no. I couldn't see that. I was like, something's happening behind you. Yeah. Um, Pelly, swear to Christ. <laughs> How is it you suddenly become active as soon as we start a podcast? You're just going to look at me? Okay, go in your crate. Aw, Pelly. Um, she just wants some attention.